Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Ruin Hammer. Welcome episode back, everyone. Twenty, what is it? Twenty-eight, mate. We're episode along, twenty-eight, it is. Wow. Was last night was episode twenty-seven, and what an episode twenty-seven it was, mate! It was awesome. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, jump on uh, to the video section of our Facebook page um, and have a watch. Make sure you you get yourself uh, comfy and a a nice cup of coffee or something like that because it, it does go for a bit. Um, strap, strap yourself in for the long haul, but it will yeah. be the best three and a half hours you will spend. Even if you're, I mean, even if you're not like a Warriors fan, if you're a Bulldogs supporter or you know someone who's a Bulldogs fan, Queensland State of Origin, you know, he, 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 the great man Steve Price, Warrior royalty and NRL legend himself. Sean James says it was longer than watching Titanic. Yeah, but no one died at the end, so it was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Poor what was Leo. It? You, you mentioned to me before we came on live, someone posted something on a website saying, what about it? It was the best one. That yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it said that they'd watched a number of podcasts and, and um, from all, all different formats, and they said they, they enjoyed that one the most. So that, it's great to hear that kind of feedback. Yeah, um, obviously it's the caliber of the guest and not the caliber of the presenter. <laughs> um, yes, of course, it's 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 mostly yeah the quality. But again, you know, we, we touched on it last night. We're, we're very fortunate to to be able to make connections with some of these guys, uh, or not some of them, with all of these people that we've had come on the show and and have, have them to come on and share their experiences. And last night was a kind of a a, a different one for us because. Um, someone likened, uh, like if you had a, a Mount Rushmore of Warriors players, then you know, Price, um, Jones, and Mannering would be you know the first three that are up in that, that it, Mount Rushmore. exactly right. That's why I said it to him at the end. Like, you are yeah. always in the conversation, uh, yeah, at least for me, top three Warriors are those guys you just mentioned, without yeah. a doubt. You know, um, uh, Price, Jones, uh, Mannering. Um, the, the way that the way that he was able to come to the club. And bring all like he talked about the the great environment, the professionalism, everything at the Bulldogs, and he was able to take that and all the the leadership. And he said he he left he he came to the Bulldogs as a as a boy and left as a man. Yeah. And he brought all that experience and professionalism to the club, and that's what we sorely needed at the time. And he changed the culture. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely, he did. TK saying you guys should run Warriors TV, bro. We'd love to be involved. Absolutely. We, we, we've, we would absolutely love to be involved on a more, um, what's the official basis with the Warriors yeah. doing stuff like this? Uh, that I guess would be a dream us, come true, yeah. Yeah, I guess us being based in Australia kind of makes it a little bit difficult. But we have spoken to um, like Glenn Critchley, Cameron George, Glenn Glenn Harris, Harris. since they've all yeah. been out here in Australia about being um, more of an official ambassador for the Warriors in, on, in Australia. Um, so... We're hoping that we can have further discussions as, as, you know, the season unfolds and, you know, time goes on and we can get to be doing something that's a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking at, like authorised by the Warriors themselves because at the moment this is just two, two gibberish sitting in front of their computers at home having a chat to each other and in, inviting the world to come and look at us. Um, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. But that's what we love doing. And, we, and let's face it, if we weren't doing this, we'd be doing it anyway. We'd just yeah, that's right. having a FaceTime chat, which is yeah. how this whole thing started. Yeah. Um, we, we're just, we're just, you know, massive fans of the club, love talking about the anything to do, anything Warriors. And especially, you know, like you love reminiscing about the good old days. Yeah. And, um, you know, Pricey really epitomised that mid-2000s 
He did. For me, though, it was uh, like we we kind of went off script because we we have a basic script that we follow when we have a guest on. So, you know, it looks like um, it looks like we know what we're talking about. We know so what we're we have, doing. <laughs> yeah, we have set questions that we ask yeah. them. And obviously, it's different for each player, but um, there's a format. But Pricey kind of, we ask him one question and he kind of answered four or five in a row. And uh, so we, we went off script ourselves last night. We're just picking out uh, different things to... To discuss, but um, because he could hold the conversation so well, we we didn't want to interrupt him. We didn't want to stop him. We didn't no, want to no. hinder, hinder what he was saying. But some of the stories that he told us, uh, you know, some were funny. Uh, like you know, when he first got to uh, Mount Smart and the the little Kids boys the hill wishing, they're wishing he was Sunny Bill and I wish not, he had Sunny Bill instead of you, bro. So the emotional um, aspect of him talking about. Uh, you know, when Sonny Fly passed and the mm. tattoo he got made and and then, you know, the the whole Polynesian um, belief of, you know, uh, if the land takes something from the sea, the sea takes something from the land and, and vice versa. And when the sea took mm. Sonny, the, the turtle washed up on the beach, uh, uh, you know, a couple of months later and he'd just finished his turtle tattoo, which was in honour of Sonny. It was just, it's things like that that just blew, us, blew me away last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, it was... Um... It had, it had an element of everything like you said a lot of humor and um it was it was emotional it, it had it had all the greater hallmarks of a classic interview we're getting a lot of comment uh was that Seattle asked was it expected to be that long no as i said I, mate we just let them go we we have in mind that it'll probably be an hour when we get these guys on but uh three of the last four we've done have gone well over two hours in clinton torpy kevin campion and and pricey last night mm. We don't want to stop them from telling their story, so you know. I mean, we got nothing else to do on a on a Tuesday night, so we're quite happy to sit there and, and yeah, chat yeah. with them for as long as possible. Um, and we do appreciate that, you know, people have lives to live and and so forth. And you know, we 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 appreciate that people take a little bit of time out of their lives to watch us and support us. But to sit there last night for over three hours, um, some of you guys are just absolute legends. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you, know, you so much. So yeah. appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, so Jay saying awesome boys, uh, awesome show last night with Pricey as always. Grateful to get this access. Um, Christian saying that we should be on TV. Uh, yeah, Nick McCurcher says he was very eloquent with his excellent expressive skills. Fantastic guest. Yeah, and that was the thing. We Before we went on, we kind of told him that Campo went for two hours. He goes, oh, I could be the same. And we kind of doubted that because when he was at the Warriors, he didn't seem like he was a real chatty kind of guy. No, nah, uh, no, he, he didn't. Whenever he did like a post-match interview, he'd sort of, you know, be short and to the point and that kind of thing and never really showed too much emotion um, when he was doing that with his with his media duties and everything. So, yep. um, yeah, yeah, and, and as you said, right before we went on, he goes, oh, well, if people, people have warned you about me then. And I was like, I wonder what he means by that. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, um. Let's dive in, mate. Uh, before yeah. we do, uh, I think we need to acknowledge um, and offer our deepest sympathies and condolences to mm. head coach Nathan Brown and his family. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Nathan's brother, Denny, passed away on last Friday uh, before the Warriors-Dragons game. And uh, Brownie wasn't notified of that until after the game on Friday night. Um, so we at Ruin Hammer uh, send our, yes. deep, our thoughts and prayers to Nathan and his family. And we are deeply, deeply sorry for his loss. 
yeah yeah we're sorry to start this the episode on a darker note and, and as mark said we do send our deepest condolences from us and from everyone from the show and it's a you know it's definitely a, an awful thing for him to have gone through particularly yeah. after the game so yeah um but it's something we need to address and we do have a we do have a lot of other things to talk about tonight like a lot yeah we of do. other things so no, i let's think dive in, mate. let's let's just get straight into it yeah. so before we get into the interview of that heartbreaker like before we rip the band-aid off, like we see the sims say this every week before we rip yeah. the band-aid off and get into stuck into that painful uh game that was last friday night, let's first discuss some of the mid-season signings that were announced by the club so um chad townsend Yep. Um, was purchased on basically on a half season deal um, to finish off the year with us returning to the club after having stints in uh, 2014 and 2015. So until the end of the season, that's to give us the depth um, primarily to cover CHT. It was thought to have pretty much been out for the season, but now it looks like it's not going to be as bad as first thought Yep. and give us some much needed direction and game management. That key word that we're always talking about. What, what did you think about his signing? Uh, I, I can see what the club is is doing here, uh, um, trying to bolster our half stocks because, as you said, um, you know CHT was thought to be out for the remainder of the season, mm. um, and there was an inability in uh, the game against Newcastle, uh, which was the game just before Chad was announced as a mid-season signing, with both Cody and Sean Sullivan uh, unable to steer us home, not really having the game management that we needed. Um, so yeah, at first, yeah, I thought it was a great signing, but then you fast forward a couple of days after Chad signed and we announced that Sean Johnson's coming back on a two year deal. And probably for me, uh, considering they're both coming from the sharks, I, I probably would have preferred the club to chase harder and try and get Sean earlier than next year. Now, like try and bring him to the club this year. I can see that the Sharks would be apprehensive to let Sean go as they're in the hunt for a, a top eight spot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. In, interesting signing. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just just regarding the, the Sean Johnson early release, I mean, that that would make more sense uh, because he's, he is an investment because we've got the first yes. two seasons. Whereas Chad, he would li- Chad's literally coming in to plug a gap. Um it, it, it makes sense, but yeah, you, as you said, no way that Cronulla would entertain that. No. Um, they're, they're actually playing pretty good footy up until um, last weekend. Uh, well, no, the, no way that they'd entertain it now that they've lost Matt Moylan as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The speed of, so, the speed of Moylan. So, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, as we, we've given our thoughts on the Sean Johnson signing and, yep. you know, yeah, it's it's we as we said the other night it is is a great sign a great to see him back at the club but it's not all pitches and cream there's there's positives and positives and negatives of it as well yep um so uh i mean i i'm just sort of waiting in bated breath to see which which version of sean johnson we get is it the version that we we need and always have needed or are we going to is he going to come back and try and play the way that he did when he was at the club before who knows but i know which version of him we need it's more yep. it's more on the, the former we need more of that game management and more of those try assists because that that's where we're lacking and if we have to persist with um nick Arima and sean o'sullivan playing the way that they did against the knights which led to the signing of towns and then you know we, we definitely need some bolstering in, in 
Absolutely. Yep. In that area Agreed. of game management. Um, DWZ, Dallin Watani Zelezniak signed on a three-year deal, two of which the Bulldogs are paying a significant chunk of his salary. So he signed as a direct replacement for Big Ken, um, who was released to Tigers mid-season. What, what do you think about him? What do you think about the signing there? Mate, I like the signing of DWZ. It made a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, the, they signed him on a long-term deal, obviously, as a, re, a direct replacement for, for Ken Mamalo. Um, two different types of wingers, mm. though. Ken's, you know, big-bodied winger, gets, starts off the sets well, uh, whereas DWZ gives us a lot of sp- speed out wide, um, good flyer through the air. He has had issues in the past with his hands. Uh, mm. However, for the most part, he's a pretty solid performer. Provides a wealth of experience uh, and brings much-needed speed out wide. So he's able to cover a lot of uh, back outside back positions as well, uh, which Ken couldn't do. Um, so DWZ, you know, in his time at the Panthers and and then at the Bulldogs, he's played fullback, he's played wing, he's played centre. So uh, I think he gives us the most benefit on the wing, but he is able to cover other positions. How about yourself, mate? What do you think of it? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. It's a bit of a thunder and lightning type scenario between him and Ken. Um, and we, we, he has been badly, Ken, uh, during his early stint at the club had been sort of exposed for lack of pace. Yep. Um, so DWZ brings the pace. As you said, I am, I am worried about the potential brain explosion. There's a bit of Krizna Ninu about him. He can be brilliant, but then can also do some, some crazy things. But I, I thought his debut the other night, he was, he was fairly solid. He's a big body as well. Um, and he made, he made some great meters. He did, he did his job. Um, he looked he looked all right under the high ball. I know he does have his moments there. Yeah. But um, but overall, I, I'm fairly happy with it because he is experienced and he does have pace. Yeah. And you know, you, we, we, that's what we needed. Um, he, he doesn't keep. He, you, you'll never die wondering either because he plays at 100 miles an hour every time he plays. And you uh, saw on you saw on um, Friday he he did chance his arm a bit and yeah. he gave a few good offloads and a couple of times I was going, no, don't do that. But I'm like, oh, but, you know, at the same time, it does create an opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he's got, he's got a bit more of that, like, ball, a little bit more ball-playing ability than, say, someone like Ken. Yep. Uh, finally, the announcement that the club had secured the services of Matt Lodge from the Broncos after it having been rumoured for the best part of, like, 18 months or so yep. through to the end of 2022. I believe he's got a player option as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on that signing? Mate, I have a personal connection to Matt Lodge. Um, I, I played uh, about, oh, I'm trying to think, probably six seasons of A-grade footy in the Penrith comp at St. Pat's Blacktown. And, and Matt's dad, Jamie, was our captain coach. Mm. Uh, Matty was our ball boy at the time. So um, I, don't, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen Matty since those days. And mm. I retired from footy in 2003. So um, do I have kept in touch with his, his parents through... Um, social media and Facebook. So uh, for me, Matt Lodge brings a much-needed, big-bodied middle forward with a good offload game. Um, and something we're, we're lacking at the moment in our current crop of forwards. He plays big minutes. He plays quality minutes, averaging over 55 to 60 minutes in his past five games. And he averages over 130 metres per game, which is something our middle forwards aren't doing on a consistent basis. Look, if he controls his, his offloads, because he... He can gets a bit offload choose, happy. Yeah, he yeah. gets a bit offload happy, and he controls his on-field discipline. And I, I think he will. We haven't seen Matt Lodge this season uh, give away too many penalties or be involved in any of those on-field controversies. He's not the he's not the guy that everyone looks back and thinks of when he went to America and he had that incident over in in the USA. That's mm. 
that's many, many years ago. He's, he's a, a family man now. He's got kids of his own. Um, he's a mature adult. Uh, and I think at the moment, it, in that Broncos setup, he's playing better footy than Payne Haas. So mm. for me, I think it's a, a great signing. It's, it's a good signing to work hand-in-hand hand with Adam Fenua-Blake uh, as our starting uh, front rowers. And, and it probably, probably spells a death knell for Lisa Narmau and Tom yeah. Arley now that they won't get um, signed uh, to extend, the, uh, like extend their deal. So uh, how about you, mate? Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, I'd, again, I'd pretty much agree with that. Like, it's, it's great to have a, a front row combination, like you said, of AFB and Lodge, a couple of potential enforcers there um, to sort of get aggro and, and get, grab the ball by the horns and, and make, make those meters, get that go forward happening. You know, you get, um, the, the, his offloading ability is a plus. Um, and, you know, if we can get some of some guys like Walshy and RTS and some of these guys running off AFB and, and lodged, and that's, that's obviously really exciting. Yep. And as you said, like you, you, you don't knock back, go forward. It's no. it's what we've been lacking, and Lodge brings that. He's his experience. He's he's been um, back in the NRL for about three four years now. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the signing. Um. And it's excellent depth. Again, adding to the yeah. depth. Um. Hidden hidden in the announcement though for that Matt Lodge signing was that Ben Murdoch Masilla had activated a clause in his contract in his favour to remain at the club for twenty. 22 and 2023 and i don't think anyone any of us um, knew that he had such a clause but it was put in there in just in case he and his his wife and their family struggled with the relocation uh through the COVID bubble and everything like that in australia i guess if they had, uh struggled to find their feet and couldn't really adapt and they had the option to uh to be released to go back to the uk or whoever i'm not i'm not sure exactly but um yeah, so it's great that he has he has recommitted there, and he's obviously enjoying his time with the club. Yeah, that, um, that kind of caught me by surprise too. I didn't mm. realise that that was in his um, a clause in his contract. And I think all Warriors fans would have been surprised if we had found out that um, you know instead of activating that, he had chosen to head back to England or, or wherever um, instead of staying at the Warriors. We would have kind of thought, well what the hell's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? Uh, yeah. a bit of a blind side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to say like, and of course this, the Sean Johnson signing um, that we spoke about before on a two year deal through to 2023. I mean, the recruitment has been exceptional over the yep. past 12 months. When you look at where we were at the start of the 2020 season and you looked at our team and, you, and we, we just struggled, we couldn't get anyone, but there was all these reports that we'd offered big money, just a lot of different players only for them to turn us down. Yep. Um, you look at the names that have been attracted to the club in the last 12 months with Fanua Blake, Murdoch Masilla, Bailey Sirenin, Kane Evans, Ewan Aitken, Marcello Montoya. And this is the Reese Walsh mid-season with Johnson, Aaron Panay, DWZ and Lodge. The, like, what a turnaround in, in your luck with recruitment. And um, I think uh, Peter O'Sullivan's put some of his magical dust there and um yeah mate yeah on, on the team and like you how could you not be happy with that haul indeed um yeah peter o'sullivan's done a fantastic job I, I can't remember such uh significant signings for the club since that 2005 season when they announced pricey and, and ruben wiki uh coming to the club uh, uh 20 or, or maybe 2015 when we got um 
we got RTS, RTS. And Isaac, Luke, yeah. and I think a couple of other guys. Yeah, that yeah. that was a big that was a big coup. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, no, exactly like the the double strike of Wiki and Price back in 05. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, you look Skinny at the Burn. caliber. Yeah, but you look at the caliber of players. Yeah, Skinny Burn <laughs> that we've been <laughs> that we've been able to pick up here too. Um, which uh, and guys that. I, I kind of questioned at the beginning of the year, like a, a guy like Marcelo Montoya, I didn't think he'd get much opportunity, but he's hectic. The hectic giraffe has um, really taken... Hectic uh, newborn giraffe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, um, he's really taken his opportunities with both hands and remains a, a, a mainstay in the squad this year. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's great. Uh, someone's just asking about um, our thoughts on Lisa Almao. I think the whole Aaron Panay deal... And then the Matt Lodge deal has sealed Leeson's fate. Um, you can't see him being retained. So I, no, um, Leeson hasn't really hit the heights that the Warriors probably expected him at. At the Dragons, he was great coming off the interchange bench for them. And we signed him back. And um, he did spend all of last season out injured. Uh, and he's come back from injury. And, you know, he's a good... He reminds me of Isaac Lou at the or Liu at the Roosters. Steady where he's, plays a steady a no, hand. Yeah, steady. Yeah, no frills type of footballer. Steady, uh, but we've got a few of them at the Warriors now. Um, yeah, yeah, we've got yeah a few guys like JTB. Yeah. Um, you know, Bunty's Bunty. maybe a bit. Yeah, Bunty can be like that, but he does yep. offer that dynamic option with his. Uh, Kane Evans, who yeah, you know, Evans. guys that just get out there, they they do their you know 15, 20 minutes and. And that's them. Um, and I think the recruitment's looking towards something a little bit more dynamic in having, you know, two front rows. Like, even last week, um, Fanua Blake played 100, uh, 100. He played 60 minutes of that game last week. So we're going to have two front rowers that can play 60 minutes uh, and 60 quality minutes, both of who can get uh, great post-contact metres in their runs. Um, you're going to have a guy like Ben Murdoch Masili. You've got Torhu, who's a workhorse. Uh, and then you add into the mix, Eli Katoa is starting to come back into form. Mm. Um, you know, and then you've got guys like Murchie and Bailey Siren and Jazz. Um, add to that Aaron Penney next year. Uh, yeah, the, the Warriors look good. Uh, our, our recruitment looks like we're building towards something uh, very special in the in the years to come. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's, it's good to see. Very good to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Mark Roberts says... Lou ain't uh, Lou you ain't at the Roosters anymore. No, no, he's, I know he's just signed with the Titans. So yeah, from from next season. Yeah, I think, yeah. All right, mate. Let's uh, rip the bandaid off. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. There's there's a bit of a, a pre warning. There will be a bit of ranting involved in all of this. So yeah, um, there will be. Um, let's just get into for the it, mo- mate. Yeah, for the most part, you know, it was um, it was it was a. Uh, a pretty solid effort for 60 or 70 minutes, but um, we'll get into it. So uh, round, 15, round 16 review of the Knights, McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, obviously, it was announced on Dragons Thursday at Central Coast Stadium. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Dragons Central Coast, yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. You're just um, trying to pretend it never happened, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was announced on Thursday that Cody had withdrawn from the team and Sean O'Sullivan was, was named as his replacement. There was a lot of uh, speculation around Cody's withdrawal. I spoke to Cody uh, on Monday and basically it was an ankle injury that he picked up against the Knights. Mm. Uh, and as you've seen with the uh, naming the team list, he's, he's named for this week. So there was no um, being shopped around to other clubs or anything yeah. like that in, in his 
reason for not playing. I'm not saying that's not happening, uh, but he didn't play purely based on um, on uh, injury. Injury. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, unusual for Brownie that there was no other changes made to the the name 17. With the biggest surprise for me probably being very frustratingly unusual. Yeah, uh, very named as 18th man and Edward Cozy holding his position in the team. Mm. Uh, and then, as we discussed earlier, Warrior 186 Chad Townsend returned to the club uh, to add to his 41 appearances he's made already during his time here in 2014-15. And Dallin uh, with Tenny Zalesniak making his club debut, becoming Warrior 262. So, congrats to him. Yes, and we kicked off. Dragons got first use of the ball. The Warriors' first set was decent, and Chaddy had uh, showed some good form, a good kick at the end of the set. Um, but he copped a massive hit from Tarek Sims. And I think this is where the damage was done. Uh, landed awkwardly on his shoulder. Yeah. And it, it clearly affected him for the rest of the game because he was literally just playing, like protecting that shoulder and wasn't really going into tackles or anything like that. He required a needle to get through it. Um, DWZ, as we mentioned before, had some good early touches and got involved. He took that bomb by the skin of his teeth yep. early on. Um he diffused the kicks and came in for some runs on tackles uh, two and three there. So good to see him getting involved early and, and keen. Get keen. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, the early exchanges between the two sides were pretty even uh, before we earned a seven-tackle set from a Ben Hub kick that enabled us to get in the Dragons' red zone. Um, and then Cozy ends it uh, set with a mistimed kick after RTS found some, some space down that short side on the mm. left, which gave me a bit of hope. Like, I thought, oh, you know, here we go. We're going to punching holes in, in their defence during uh, the course of this game. Um, we did defend well for the next uh, defensive set, which resulted in the Warriors starting their next attacking set on the 40-metre line, uh, which clearly had us in front in that field position battle uh, with RTS felt, uh, earning a, a forced dropout and building pressure on the Dragons, which is what mm. we need. Yeah, but then there was an awful piece of play. It was relieved immediately. <laughs> a terrible offload from Kane Evans was knocked on by... Sean O'Sullivan, that was like a coach killer, that if I ever saw one. And BMM drops the ball on tackle three on the next set, turning over the ball their own line 20 metres out. And, yeah, there's something not quite right with the big man. No. Um, the opening 15 minutes was the worst stint that, that he's put in um, since joining the club. Three drop balls, and he, he just was, as I said, looking all out of sorts. The Dragons pressing our line. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan came up with a great frontal tackle, though. Um, on Josh Kerr. Yeah. Big, big play because um, he'd all but scored and uh, just dropped the ball short of the line. So, yeah, it was a bit of a bullet dodge because it was a pretty soft setup. Um, but some last ditch defense obviously prevented that from happening. Yeah, absolutely. Dodged a, we really dodged a mm. bullet there. Um, and we had a good set, uh, next set to the, with the ball. Uh, we get downfield with a great kick to end the set deep in the uh, right in the right corner. Puts uh, Matt Dufty under pressure. Uh, the pressure is relieved again via set restart to the Dragons. Mm. And then they put us under pressure with a well-placed kick into the right corner that puts Dallin under pressure and forces a goal on dropout. And, and it was at this stage that, that Chad Townsend was effectively a passenger out there. Um, uh, and I was, I, I was kind of surprised that uh, the Dragons didn't target him more in defence. They, they never really ran any, any defence at him, uh, any attack at him. Yeah, that, that was weird. Like, e either they didn't pick it up or they we just hit him well in the defensive line. Um, I did see he was, like, going out to the edges, probably trying to trying to escape. But, um, 
from the heavy contact, which you can understand. Yeah. Um, the Dragons uh, had a good uh, had a good sort of passage period of play here. The man of the moment, Corey Norman, with a grubber kick in the goal area, uh, forced a drop out and the left edge defence from Adam Pompey um, pulled off a good tackle and denies denies them short of the line. So it was looking like our scrambling defence was on song, which was a positive sign despite the ball they had. Yeah. Uh, Pompey defused a bomb, but the Warriors are penalised for an escort. We always seem to get uh, pinged for those. It was challenged, and uh, I was dead against this challenge. It was really early in the game, and we we do not have a good record with this. And if anything, all the challenges go against us. Uh, unsuccessful, of course. And the Dragons show our defence the utmost respect, maybe because of the scrambling nature of it, and they went for the two. So uh, Corey Norman uh, slotted over the penalty for a two-nil lead. For yeah. me, for me that that. That captain's challenge, if there's one thing I can be critical of of Roger, is that he challenged he he his his decision to make to use his captain's challenge uh, have been very poor. Um, he did yeah, it against good. Newcastle the week before when he, he knew that he was the last person to touch the ball. Um, that was a wasted challenge. This was a wasted challenge. And so early in the game, too. You know, do you think he needs a more measured approach? Like, do you think the adrenaline's just pumping and he's just saying, or do you think it's a strategic um, no, tactic think, to give him a break? Not Surely not that early on. No, though. no, no. I think it's frustration. I think it's just out of pure frustration. Frustration. Um, yep. He probably feels the way that us fans feel and that the 50-50 calls don't go our way and to try and get something back because uh, we were under the pump at that stage. Mm. Um, you know, hoping that, it wasn't an escort. And and to be quite honest, I, I've seen worse ones let off. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 yeah. You know, it's clear, but, cut, it's clear cut, though, on the, on the replays. Yeah. Mm. Um, Tohu's co- copped a, a shoulder to the head, affecting the tackle on Tarek Sims. And he's effectively forced from uh, the field for HIA, uh, which he passes, but he's unable to return to the field due to a shoulder injury uh, picked up in that same tackle. So that was a a key uh, moment in the game, a, a massive loss for us because mm. um, he provides so much stability around that, that centre part of the field and a level head um, in decision-making. Um, the Dragons with an early kick and then the Warriors again turn the ball over cheaply on tackle three. And again, it's big Benny murdoch Masilla with mm. a lazy carry. And the Dragons score via Ben Hunt off a great ball from Paul Vaughan, um, hitting the line and, and keeping his, ball, uh, his arm uh, carrying... I'm carrying the ball free, uh, getting offload to Hunt, and Corey Norman misses the conversion. So, Dragons are up 6-0 at that point. Try assist from the former Dragon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some, we get, this, yeah. this word momentum is going to be kind of pivotal for tonight's show. Uh, the momentum yep. well and truly shifted in favour of the Dragons, and they go 90 metres on their set after points, and then put some great defensive pressure on us, and they they kept us well inside our 30 meter line um, and uh, Williams and Laurie clash heads, making a tackle on early Katoa. It was extended stoppage of the game while they, they both got their assessments done and um, they both left the field due to the HIA protocols. Um, at that point, I was thinking, could this be a, a repeat of the, the Raiders game where they, they get lose two guys. At, it's um, in one hit, you know? Yeah. 
Um, wasn't to be. They they did end up coming back. The the restart in play. Um, Sean O'Sullivan kicked from our twenty meter line, and the Dragons start that set just short of halfway. So they dead set had us pinned. Yeah, they did at that time, and and we just didn't have the kicking game to get out of it. And Dragons were absolutely dominating the field position, and um, RTS fielding a fifth tackle kick. We started set five minutes out from our line, so we just couldn't buy any any field position at this point. No, but the Warriors worked really hard. Um, then with some big carries from DWZ, um, AFB, uh, Sean O'Sullivan putting in a deep kick to find touch, 10 metres out from the Dragons line. And that's one thing that was different this week was prior to that last 10 minutes, which we we will get to, the, the kicking game of both O'Sullivan and Chad Townsend was, was good um, this week. Mm, much improved uh, from previous weeks. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, the Dragons with an error in the ruck early in their tap count. And the Warriors get a good ball set via a scrum on the Dragons 20. Wade Egan ducks out a dummy half on uh, tackle four, identifying some very poor market defence from um, the uh, party runner, Corey Norman. Party boy. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, and Wade Egan strolls over the line for probably the easiest try he's ever going to score in a Warriors jersey uh, for Warriors first points. Townsend converts and Tyson scores up in a six-all with 10 minutes to go in the half. Yeah, we had a good set after that as well. Uh, RCS wrong-footed Ben Hunt and Townsend putting in a grubber to get uh, Dufty pinned on his own uh, goal line. Yep. And then we and then that momentum starts to turn and we get the ascendancy in the field position stakes. But again, unfortunately, the ball turned over in the Dragons' uh, twenty-meter line on tackle four. Dragons turned the ball over almost immediately though, with forward pass on halfway. So we get the pressure. The pressure set inside the Dragons half. So we're on attack and earn a repeat yep. set. And it was our first one of the night. And the further set uh, restart and the tackle count. And the war- we're working them around left and the right, stretching them. And then the line, a nice uh, ball from Chad Townsend gets Eli Katoa running at a nice angle, coming yep. back in and splits the fence and scores a try. Just got the ball down um, to... Uh, to score our second try of the night and Townsend converted to make it 12-6 at halftime. And that was looking like a pretty good result. It was, um, considering, considering the Dragons... We yeah, Dragons had all the ball. Um, they had all the field position in that first half. And we, to go in 12-6 up, um, I was confident. I, not game-winning confident. I was just... Are, are we ever Are yeah. we ever confident? <laughs> I was Warrior supporter confident at half time. <laughs> Um, coming up for the second half, we get first use of the ball in the second half and complete. Uh, there's a good run, uh, good first set with uh, Eli Katoa continuing his tackle breaking runs easily. Our best forward of the game so far. Oh, it was, yeah. Um, our second set finishes with uh, Sean O'Sullivan finding the ground with his kick in behind Bill. Uh, Warriors get a penalty on tackle two of their next set via a cannonball tackle. Uh, and the t- kick for touch enables us to get out of our own half and go on the attack. And a nice kick again to finish the set, just short of the Dragons' line, but another careless penalty relieves the pressure of the Dragons. But um, started that second half with some really good kick options, fifth mm. kick options, and really keeping that pressure on the Dragons. The Dragons had a good set after that, and they were chancing their arm late in the set uh, with Dufty finding Beal. But, yeah, the pass is ultimately ruled forward. Um, and then we get another controlled set, um, highlighted by some strong carries from Katoa. And uh, Townsend kick finds a sideline 10 metres out uh, for the third time in the game. And the Warriors had another good set and attack. And Jack DeBellin penalised, again, uh, dangerous tackle. Tackle five on, on Sean O'Sullivan. That was the, they, 
it was a bit silly. Like, you know that you can't put your hand, you, you can't no. do any sort of tipping, tilting motions whatsoever because you know it's going to get penalised. And uh, so we opt to keep the pressure on and the confidence pays dividends with us, uh, Bunty Afoa scoring under the post off a play that we seem to try to score off every single week about 10 times. The crash but- play. The crash play finally comes off and big Bunty crosses under the sticks for his first meaty of the season, getting off the nudie run. And we get out to that at the time was a commanding 18 to six lead. Yeah, it was. Um, again, we had some good sets after points getting to our kick. Uh, the Dragons also with a good set and a good kick again, forcing a goal line dropout. And the Dragons start to put the pressure on the Warriors uh, but great legs tackle from Katal five minutes out from Ryan forces a turnover and the Warriors go straight on the attack again, uh, going 90 metres on their next set. Set for set for the next couple of sets. Do I use that word a lot? Set for set for the next couple of sets. Set for set for um, set. With neither team getting any ascendancy over the other, but the Dragons with another momentum shifting moment with a big kick on tackle three as a, a massive kick from Ben Hunt. Uh, caught the Warriors napping. RTS... You know, runs back to retrieve the ball. He gets caught in the end goal, forcing yet another goal line dropout. Yeah, it's uh, it's just what just these momentarily momentary momentary lapses in concentration is what I'm yep. trying to trying to say there, and they're just so costly. Yeah, just at, just at terrible times. Um, the, the dragons are on the attack inside our half, and big Josh Kerr crashes over the line, but he's held up. So some more last ditch defense by RTS. Yep. And then a set restart keeps the dragons on the attack, but some against we, we were still scrambling well in the mid part of that second half as well. And um, we, we shut down the dragons and, and uh, the dragons attack and Corey Norman is forced into touch. At that point, they looked, they looked gone. Like they were making mistakes. They, they just couldn't control the ball. It was just some crazy stuff going on from the, from the dragons uh, perspective. And the game then goes into a bit of an arm wrestle with both teams going set for set. And then we go close again with a short side play down the left edge, but uh, Cozzy runs out of room and he's herded over the sideline 10 metres out, and, and he really needed to be a bit better than that. Yeah, like he did. It, you can't just get the ball and then do nothing but get pushed over the sideline in, in that kind of field position. It, it's, it showed that, that showed his... Um, uh, and, and not to take... Not to bag Edward is like it's, you know a couple of weeks ago person. he was he was packing supermarket shelves and earning 20 bucks an hour he's on a development contract and he's he's been uh, thrown into first grade sooner than he was ready um, but that was the kind of play where he needed to cut back on the inside of his center uh, and not stay on the outside seeing that you're running out of room yeah where, 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 like, to where's go. he gonna go it's a low That's percentage low. play it's yeah it's yeah it's crazy stuff really yeah um yeah, defensive. But we put some defensive pressure on the on the Dragons in the next set, and they turned over the ball. Uh, we finished this. Uh, the Warriors finished their set with a kick that's felt fielded by Dufty, and he beats some lazy defenders. Uh, runs to the halfway, takes a dive on the halfway with Townsend coming over to tackle, but then puts in the play the ball that they had no no dummy half in place, and Jack Bird goes sliding into touch trying to grab the that ball. was diabolical. It I was. was watching that and going that. That that's just what sums we do. up their night. Yeah, exactly. That just summed up their night thus far. Like, that's just crazy. That was just crazy stuff. And you think, surely if they're playing like that, it's going to be our night. I know. Um, the ensuing set, the Warriors turn over possession uh, via 
Adam Fanua Blake loose carry, and the Dragons now have a bit of a sniff. Some frantic play from the Dragons. Uh, they go left and they go right. They go left. Uh, culminates in Dufty throwing a long ball to former warrior Jared Beal on the wing. And he slides over for the Troy. Um, Norman Cousy. misses the conversion. Yeah, Cousy um, nowhere in sight either. No. No. He was so far infield it wasn't funny. It's, um, it's, he basically had a saloon passage to the line. Yep. And why did we let him go? He's scoring a yeah, try. Um, Norman misses a conversion, which is probably the only thing that kept the Warriors in the game, <laughs> if we're honest, was Corey Norman's kicking. He was shocking. Um, and we've got an 18-10 lead. Only um, he kicked as well as he parties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, and at this point, this is where it kind of starts going wrong for us. It, this is, yeah, this is where it takes a nosedive, folks. Um, the Dragons with an unforced error on tackle three, the set after points. Again, something that we normally do. And again, it's just showing they were not playing well. They were not playing well at no. all. They were having a bit of a nightmare themselves. And, and we're back on the attack in the Dragons' territory. And for some unknown reason, Chad Townsend takes a snap at field goal. The go, it, it, like not only did it completely miss, but it went dead and gave up a seven tackle set. This was one of the most bizarre pieces of play since Greg Inglis went for a field goal when they were down by two. We've since heard that he was of the belief that we were only up by six. So he's thinking we get that seven point cushion. That's what that's what they said, but I don't understand how you could not be aware of of what just went on. No, um, it was it was a bizarre lack of game awareness from a, an experienced player. It was just uncomprehendable. Yeah, uh, to, to be perfectly honest, it's it's like what's going on out there. And and even if he had kicked it and makes it nineteen ten, there's no difference. No, there's that's no right. Difference between an eight and a nine point lead, unless. Like they score two tries. Well, let's face it, the way Norman was kicking. <laughs> well, that's what happened. It might, I mean, it yeah. might have actually, having said that, it probably actually would have won us the game if it had gone over, but the kick didn't even look like going over. There was no, no pressure on him either. No. I, I, I was dumbfounded. And you're like, here we go. This is, this is going to cost us. And sure enough, a seven tackle set, as we predicted at the time, resulted in the Dragons going the length of the field and scoring on the seventh tackle from a grubber kick, and, and I, I can't believe what I saw here as well. Wow. So RTS tries to kick the ball dead, okay, he, as an air swing. Cozzy then comes along, and what does he try to do? Tries to bat it dead or something. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just put your hand on the, on ball, the ball and kill the play? Yeah. I get it's the heat of the moment, but I'm sorry, but uh, uh, those, especially RTS, needs, needs to be better than that. Yeah. It, it was... It was Again, diabolical. And Jack Bird literally just comes through, can't believe his luck, puts his hand on the ball, and at that point, you get that sinking feeling. Yep. You just had that feeling. Yep. With four-point break, uh, well, of course, uh, Norman um, not kicking the – not taking the conversion, but there was four minutes left, and that's an eternity for the Warriors to to hang on to a four-point lead. Let's face it. We all know that. The the momentum had certainly shifted in the Dragons' favour at that stage. And the Warriors just not knowing um, how to weather the storm. That, that's probably the, the biggest thing that we need to learn. And Mark Roberts made a point uh, before in the chat. He said, uh, yeah, it's frustrating because we have lost so many games by you know, a point or a couple of points this season. But a couple of years ago, that would, those, those losses would have turned into 14, 15, 16 so points. Turned losses. into blowouts. I, I, I so, yeah, yeah, we, I we, are, yeah. we are heading in the right direction. 
but we're, we're just not there yet. And we don't know how to weather those storms. And, and you're going to talk about the momentum oh, shifts in games yeah. a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, the Dragons go close again and on their next set, but Josh Kerr knocks on trying to offload just short of the line. Uh, the Warriors that, have, this went to the captain's challenge, they did yeah. it, and you're like, oh, I could see this going against us as well. Yeah. I was like, if they if they win this challenge, we're gone now, like yeah. on that set. Um, we survive, obviously, but starting to set on our own line. Uh, AFB cops a high shot, but no penalty given, and I've seen penalties given. Oh, yeah. In games. Yeah, they were never going to in a close game like that. The refs, the refs put the whistle away when the scores get locked uh, close like that. And then Dragons, with two minutes left, start their set on our 40-metre line. Yep. Uh, Dragons put in a kick in behind Corsi. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to keep going on, on about it, and this is nothing personal against the man himself, but this was like Manu Vaduvay at his worst. Here. Yeah. The yep. way that he tried to pick the ball up but ended up just kicking it downfield. Yeah. And it was all like uncoordinated arms and legs looking like a newborn baby deer. <laughs> exactly. And, and he just manages to clean up the ball short of line. And I'm telling you, if he just dived on that initially, game ends. I, I think we, we hang on to that game because, because we we're do, not because, starting. Yeah. Because he kicked it back towards the try line and he got it like a, less than a meter. He, he dived on it less than a meter out from our own line. You could hear it, the play at the bench yelling at him. Yeah. You could hear them saying, just dive on it. Yeah, and, and and I thought, oh, thankfully common sense had prevailed, and he and he did clean up. But like RTS had no chance. He got he got the ball and just got absolutely sm- like smashed back into dummy half. Uh, sm- dummy half, smashed back into the push back into oh, the end goal area. Yeah. And with seconds remaining, the Dragons get the ball wide. Andrew Voss made made a very good point in the commentary. He said, "Why don't they just keep giving away set restarts?" Yeah, He's, they gave away one, and even if we get a player in the sin bin with like ten seconds to go, I, 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 I yeah, it's is it just like the lack of game awareness, or I, I don't know what it is, but surely, like you just keep giving away penalties. There was yeah. thirty seconds left in the game. Yep. Um, seconds remaining. Of course, what I told you was going to happen happened. Um. They find it. They find virtually an unmarked Cody Ramsey out in the wing, who just literally puts the ball down to level the scores. This point, I'm going here. We go. Norman is going to step up and kick it. Thankfully, it was like Jonathan Thurston, the uh, 15 grand final, wasn't it? That final kick, it looked like it was going. Yeah. But but I was I was resigned to my to the, to our fate at this point. So was I. Yeah. So was I. Um, and that that Cody Ramsey try, like we got people commenting on, uh, you know, the amount of games that we've lost by close points. That try that Ramsey scored is pretty much what the Tigers should have done when they played us. Uh, Tigers we and the Cowboys. Yeah, the, we the Tigers. Both. Yeah, both of those games we should have lost that we won because um, they chose the wrong wrong option. Tigers had a, a man unmarked on the wing, and Alex Seifarth chooses to come back inside mm. uh, on the last play. So, um, but yeah. Um, how, how funny and demoralizing that Cody Ramsey try celebration. There were some weird try celebrations this round, that's for sure. He, he's, a, he's a funny guy, Cody Ramsey. He looks like, as Carlos says, he looks like he's just won a competition of be a footballer for a day. You throw him a jersey and go, off you go, you go and play with him, mate. Yeah. How good's the speedy Gonzalez tattoo on the upper thigh as well? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's one guy in the NRL with worse tattoos, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Caelan Ponga, his tattoos are shocking. Um, 
Dragons get first use of that ball in Golden Point and they get the first opportunity to win the game with Norman taking a shot at field goal. However, great pressure from Jazz sprinting out from Marker uh, puts enough pressure on the kick to go wide. Chad Townsend get, gets another off, uh, awful field goal attempt at the end of the oh. Golden Point. Why even bother? The ball barely getting off the ground. And oh. I, think, um, I think there was CSI uh, out there on um, Saturday morning to pick up all the worm heads that he'd fucking knocked off. <laughs> Uh, old earthworm jim copped it (laughs) oh geez wade wade egan with a loose pass to start the second half of golden point gives the dragons early possession like we would just we would like literally started imploding yeah i mean i mean it's funny to say that's when it started but you know probably about 10 minutes before then but but like we just completely self-destructed in golden point yep um, it gives the Dragons early possession. We defended frantically, and the Dragons put in a kick. It looks to be diffused by Pompey, only to be r- <laughs> ruled accidental offside. And, geez, didn't he look like he had his shoelaces tied together when he was trying oh, to run away, though, there, Pompey? You're like, oh, <laughs> they're going to get him before halfway here. <laughs> Dragons got a shot at field goal away. It was charged down. They got the ball back, um, but we forced there, and you're thinking maybe, just maybe, we might be able to salvage something out of this. From the ensuing set, RTS drops the ball on tackle one. Like we tried to spread it on the first tackle. The ball goes down and that was all she wrote. And what I predicted about 10 minutes earlier from when this actually happened, Corey Norman slot the field goal. And the look on their face was they had dead set gotten out of jail, which oh, they had. Absolutely. They were like almost laughing. Yeah. Like, like how the hell did we win that? Yep. And, clutched- and how the hell did they? <laughs> Uh, we clutched the feet from the jaws of victory, uh, the Kirch is saying. Oh, it, um, mate, there's, no, there's nothing like it. There's never been anything like it. It was a diabolical uh, final 10 minutes. We, As you said, we you could feel that golden point loss was inevitable. Um, and I hate I hate when this happens because you messaged me about <laughs> 15 minutes, 10 minutes out from full time and, and you kind of predict exactly you did it against Manly. You said, DC oh. field goal here. You did it against the Cowboys, and you did it in this game. Um, I hate being bloody Warriors Nostradamus, though. I don't <laughs> want to be that guy that can pick when we're going to get absolute copper heartbreaker. Look, we shouldn't be like that. No, and and you're gonna, as I said, you're gonna discuss it in your set of in our set of six, or as Ciala calls it, the set of rants. Um, <laughs> we we just don't awesome. know how to adjust to momentum swings against us in oh. the game. That that field goal attempt at eighteen ten was unnecessary. Um, we didn't need to do that. We were in control of the game at that point. We could have kept the ball in hand and finished that set and had the Dragons starting a six-tackle set off their own line. Even a grubber kick. Um, Anything would have been better. And the Dragons would have seen that and gone, hang on, these guys are a bit worried here. They don't yeah. they don't know how to finish us off. But even uh, a grubber kick at that point, uh, looking for a piece set, could have been unnecessary because if that had gone dead, then it's the same result, a seven-tackle set. So there's nothing wrong with... Finishing with the ball in hand on your last tackle, you know, in, inside your opposition's 10 or 15 metres and having them start their set from there, a six tackle set from there. Um, and that's, a, that's we needed our halves to manage the game better at that stage of the game. And, and like I said, I'll give them props. Their kicking game was so much better this, this time around. But in that, in that instance, that one instance there and then the following 10 when minutes it really after, counted. We, yep. They just, they weren't, 
they weren't doing what they needed to be doing. And I know, I understand Townsend was injured and he played needled and all the rest of it. It's not an excuse in this day and age. If you're out there, if, if, you're, if you're still well enough to be out, take a needle and you're well enough to be out there, then do your job. And if you can't do your job, then don't be on the field and have somebody else out there that can do that job. Exactly. You know? if, if that is going to be a reason why you couldn't do what you needed to do, you couldn't f- fulfill your duty as a, as a game managing half. And yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, he has 187 games of experience, including a grand final win. Um, he should know how to control the back end of games. And that's what he's been brought into the team for. Yeah. And it was, it was just, again, just poor game management. We harp on about it. We talk about this mythical game management and all this kind of thing, but it's, it's so vital. That's why we're losing so many of these close games. Like sometimes you'd be like, I almost rather we get thrashed and constantly lose all these heartbreakers. Um, Tohu Harris, obviously massive loss for us. His experience would have been invaluable when we started imploding in the, in that final 10 there. Um, yeah, DW said he had some good moments of the ball, um, and he still he still hasn't had a win in ten in ten appearances. And this is now six games that we've lost where we should have won or had a chance of winning. Round two led the Knights 17-14, 74th minute, and we lost 20 to 16. Round six led Manly 20 to uh, 12 to 6 with at the 60th minute, lost 13-12. Led Manly 20 to 18 at 52nd minute, lost uh, 38-32. Led the Cowboys 28-22 with 75th minute. Like, if you're leading a 75th minute, yep. and, and then we lost 29-28. 6-4 against the uh, 51 minutes after against the Knights, lost 10-6, and then Dragons 18-10 at 71 minutes. If you've got a two-try lead going into the last 10 minutes, you should not be losing the game. No. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's not good enough. Um, it's not first-rate standard. And, uh, yeah, it's... Social media posts blowing up all week with uh, the shoulda, woulda, coulda. But um, shoulda, woulda, coulda have no place in rugby league, mate. It's, no, a, it's it a pretty simple game, this game. And you win or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. And you get what you get out of it, what you do, deserve with, with the efforts you put in. Um, and we, we just haven't done enough to deserve to win any of those games because we haven't done the tough stuff to close out those games and play the full 80 minutes. Yeah, and we, we, we deserve that. We deserve that loss last Friday night because yep. of the way we played in that last 10 minutes, we got what we deserve. Yep. It's um, and that's the difference between the good teams and the, and the top of the table, table teams, mate. Um, where, and, and the teams that we're, we're, we're around. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're just not, we're just not good enough. And I'm not saying we're not good enough to make the eight. I'm saying that, uh, we need to be a lot better to close out games. At if this we point want in to... time, yeah, what what we're producing is is really not is really not good enough. No, it's not. It's not. Um, yeah, mate. There, there's not much more we can say about that game. Nah, nah. Uh, we'll head into the uh, the review of all the other games Thursday night. Uh, we had the Storm versus Roosters. Storm 30, 46 versus Roosters nil. Um, mm, surprise result. No crowds allowed this at this round for games uh, outside of Sydney, but there was crowds allowed at Newcastle, but you could have been f- uh, <laughs> forgiven for thinking they weren't because, um, you know, you got a team coming from Melbourne and you got the Roosters who don't even travel to their own home games. So uh, <laughs> you weren't going to see them travel up to, to Newcastle. Um, Roosters with a sh- reshuffle prior to kickoff. Ikevalu moved back to the 18th man and uh, Joseph Suwali named on the wing. 
Uh, obviously, I thought this was a ploy to give the Roosters a bit of a height advantage with both uh, Tupu and Suwali over the Fox and George Jennings. Mm. Really didn't come into play, though. Um, Foxy opens up the scoring five minutes in, chasing down a well-placed Munster kick on tackle one. Uh, and the Fox really exposing Suwali for place. Um, mm. Suwali looked like he'd struggled to catch uh, the snail, Tyrone May. Um, <laughs> The, the storm exposed the, roost, the roosters up the middle. Uh, Nico Hines running 65 metres off a rooster's poor chase on a kick. Uh, wrong footing both uh, Satili Tupanua and Tedesco to score. Fanukin scores, isolating Lachlan Lamb on the right edge. Gee, uh, that baby. was a bad trot. That was a bad was, one, wasn't mate. it? They and, had like four guys on him. He just like stuck his arm out and put yeah. it down. They're the tries we concede. That's right. And then you've got baby Bigfoot, uh, Kenny Bromwich, <laughs> isolating Sam Walker on the left edge off a Cam Munster short ball. Uh, Ado Carr gets another first half double. Storm lead 30 nil at half time. Um, despite the scoreline, the Roosters did have uh, some opportunities in that first half, but they mm. just squandered them through just basic poor execution or poor pass selection. Yep. Um, the Storm continued their scoring the second half with Hines putting the Fox in for another hat trick. Uh, his 19th try of the season. Uh, and then already his feet of Saluka's shoulder charge on Munster. What a fucking idiot this guy is! Both <laughs> late and high, <laughs> he has the audacity to stand there and question he's why saying. he's been penalised and sent to the sin bin. This is the same oh. clown that punched, um, was it Joy Arrow in the back of the head? Um, when he was lying on the ground, I don't know. Uh, dare I suggest he may not be playing too many more first oh. grade games and under, under Robbo or the Roosters there if he's going to keep producing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the Hectic G scored his, uh, continued his try scoring, uh, scoring his eighth of the season. He's become the first hooker in NRL history to score tries in five consecutive games. Uh, the best. Go. Yeah. It was Dining a, out. He, yeah. He's a special close to the line, isn't he? Absolutely. How are you going to stop that bloke, the wombat bur- burrowing under there? Uh, Melbourne running out 46 to nil winners, becoming the first team in the history to score 40 points 10 times in a season. Since the comp started in 1908, now to, to look at that in in con, in comparison, they've achieved that feat in their past 13 of 16 games, and they've still got nine games to play in this season. And to think that no other team has scored more than 40 in a season, I can see this team doing probably going 14 or 15 at this rate. Um, oh yeah. And the Roosters, uh, with no points scored in their past 145 minutes of of game time, because they. That's right. They the Panthers, had that 12-point lead against Penrith and then uh, 38 mm. point on them. Uh, now another 46. Um, but for me, in a game of, of highlights, how good was a hit on Justin Ola put on Sam Walker late in the game? <laughs> oh Yeah, poor, poor Sammy Walker. I mean, he's, he's a great young talent, but this was kind of the game where he got brought back down to earth a little bit. And yeah. um, there's a lot of calls uh, being made for him to be rested, given a bit of a spell. Um you feel you feel for him like being such a slightly slightly built young man. Yes, needs to pack on a bit of uh, needs to pack on a bit of muscle. He might need to go and uh, get into a bit of a dirty bird with you blokes on a Ooh. Super Saturday. Yeah? Ooh, dirty bird Super Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to get him over. Yeah. Uh, so the the second the second uh, Friday night game uh, out at uh, Penrith Stadium. What was the first one? Mate, too soon. Too soon. I, I, I was still, I think at this point, I was still uh, ranting on the phone to you for about the first half of this game. Just like... You were. I was. <laughs> um, we must say, though, some, some very sad news prior to kickoff uh, with, with the news that uh, Tom Opechik's brother had been killed in a car accident earlier in the day in the Gold Coast. Yeah. 
Um, yes, ter- terrible news uh, for the family and for him. And he, and, he, and he played on. He was given the option to sit it out, but he decided that he would. He was going to play. So uh, deepest uh, condolences to the to the Opportunity family there. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, you never like to hear this kind of thing. Um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers to go with the family, their loss, and the, the Parramatta uh, club as well. Um, Ivan Cleary make a change to his run on side with, <laughs> with your man, the snail. <laughs> My man, snail, the snail. Your man, the snail. Tyrone May with his bootlaces tied together, moving into the halves. And Matty Burton into the centres, which was interesting yep. move, I thought. Um, but uh, Cleary admitting he wanted to minimise the number of positional changes due to Nathan's withdrawal, I guess, to uh, maintain a bit of continuity there. Yeah. Uh, the opening 20 minutes, Parramatta really put defensive pressure on the Panthers, and the Panthers struggled to get out of their half, so they were pinned there. And Panthers obviously missing Cleary, a bit of Cleary's direction. And again, that word, game management. Um, yep. Parra continued to build pressure and eventually got their opening try to uh, Mike Acevo. Almost impossible to stop five metres out from the line. Um, and the Panthers got to try back through. The, uh, I showed a clean pair of heels, did the snail. <laughs> More like he fell over the line from about yeah. half a metre out. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrone May caught the ball and fell over. Um, so a real, it's a real contest of a first half, as you'd expect from two of the heavyweights, real heavyweights of the competition. And the Eels were the big starts of the second. And uh, Charlie Shitstains let uh, Mitch Moses bomb bounce. And uh, who's that guy? Isaiah Papali. Why did we let him go? Gets the ball, bounce, and he scores under the post for the Eels. And uh, yeah, and after that loss, you know, it's like it, it's it's just insulting, isn't it? Seeing yeah. one of your ex one of your ex uh, players, you know, doing so well. It's like why? Anyway, Coruscant shows his great dummy half vision to identify and isolate some lazy markers. There jumped out dummy half and uh, scored next to the post. He's he's. He's a crafty number nine, and you, he is, mate. It's got to be on be on high alert with him around. Eh? He's just dynamic out of that in that position. Um, Twelve all, twenty minutes to go, and the Panthers find themselves in their first close contest of the season. So it was interesting yeah. to see how they would adapt to that um, with the two uh, losses without their origin stars since round three. And uh, there was 12, they had that previous 12-10 uh, last yeah. Melbourne, the last ditch victory. Um, well, they, they prevented that try in the, like, the last minute. Um, Burton missed the field goal to ice the game, but then uh, it hits the upright. Remember that game where he missed about four or five yeah. last year? And you're thinking, oh, geez, yeah. the young man's going to be having uh, withdrawals after that. But uh, Mitchell Moses misses his own long-range attempt just to the left and Burton doesn't make the same mistake twice and he slotted it just yep. for a one point lead. Then Parramatta got one of those penalties uh, from the short kickoff, not going to 10 and you're thinking, here we go. This is perfect for a man who's playing for an origin spot. who could step up and ice, ice this. Uh, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy shot at goal. It's one of those difficult ones. It was about 40 out and, you know, close to the sideline, but you thought that, um, if there's anyone can do it, it's like Mitchell Moses, one of those guys that could pull yep. that off. Unfortunately for him, uh, he pulled it left. And the Panthers hang on for a win. Yeah, um, it was interesting when when Burton kicked that field goal. The the shit, the sh- like his yeah. So like, there's no crowd. You could really yeah, you could yeah. you could really hear it. It sounded like a little kid in a schoolyard. Um, yeah, it was interesting. 
Super Saturday opened up with uh, Super, Manly. Super, Super Saturday. <laughs> Manly 66 versus the Bulldogs nil. Um, Bulldogs obviously uh, unable to field a couple of players who are in COVID isolation. Uh, uh, I think there was four of them that were in COVID isolation. Uh, Manly looking to become only the third team in the NRL era to win three consecutive games, scoring over 50 points. Uh, coincidentally, the last team to do it were the Bulldogs in 2003, achieving the feat against Manly. So, yeah. Um, Pricey's Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a pretty one-sided affair. A uh, little bit, yeah. The Bulldogs, as I said, uh, COVID breaches, debuting three players in the game. Manly pressuring the Bulldogs line early with repeat sets and goal line penalties, uh, giving them four repeat sets on the Bulldogs line and Turbo with another try assist to start the game, putting Garrick in in the corner. Manly just a class above the Bulldogs, pushing out to the right edge to Saab, who puts Turbo in for Manly's second try. Uh, Manly just continued to use the ball well, uh, making the Bulldogs miss tackles. They turned the ball back on the inside up the middle uh, for Warrior... 2-1-2, Toff Sipley to score under the posts. A 2-1-2. Which I think was his first NRL try, they said, too. It uh, was, yeah, first yeah. NRL try. I don't uh, think he's played a lot of games, actually. Yeah. He's I been don't in think and out of Manly many. team over the years, yeah. Um, Turbo with his second from the restart on the end of a Manly long-range try and then gets his hat-trick on the next set, pushing Manly out to a convincing 30-0 lead. Um a missed opportunity to Mad Dog Lawton, but uh, Toff Sipley gets his second uh, try late in the first half. If you're going to score your first, why not score your second? Yeah, may as well, may as well double or nothing, yeah. Yep. Um, and Manly lead 36-0. Um, the Scarecrow, Kyle Flanagan, uh, proving just to be as effective as Carmichael Hunt, uh, which is not very... Do uh, they call him the Scarecrow because he's lacking... I call uh, him the Scarecrow because he's lacking, he's lacking ability and he's... <laughs> I was just going to say, is it because he's, he's off to see the wizard to try and gain something? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, that's my nickname. These nicknames are mine. <laughs> I'm gonna okay, okay. Um, start the second half in the same fashion as they uh, played the whole first half with Mad Dog Lawton scoring uh, early in the second half to continue the Manly Points Fest. Again, why did we let him go? One, one guy that we both agree we, shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't have let go. Yeah, yeah. he, he, uh, he would have been... Uh, very good for us at this point in time. He would be heavily entrenched in our team at the moment. Exactly, he would be. Um, Turbo denied his fourth try with Olika Artu choosing not to pass and instead... <laughs> oh, him this this was a classic big man yeah. in space, wasn't it? It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I can Manly, score here. Manly Butcher, three tries in a row with forward passes and poor-time kicks. Um, Will Hopawadi gets Sinbin for a professional foul for a tackle on Turbo uh, with a ball, uh, putting the Bulldogs under enormous pressure. 13 on 12 for the final 20 minutes. Uh, Manly capitalised off of 10 of the final 20 minutes, I should say. Manly capitalised on the one-man advantage immediately with Garrick picking up his second try and then Saab scores in the corner to bring up Manly's 50 with 15 minutes still to go. Uh, Manly then go the length of the field from the kickoff, culminating in Turbo passing the ball to his brother Ben over the line to seemingly gift him his first NRL try only to have the try disallowed via an obstruction. <laughs> and then... Um, Saab then goes in for his second off a scarecrow tip-on play that finds the ground uh, with Saab swooping on a loose ball. He then scores his third from a cheeky DC kick from deep in his half. Uh, Saab streaking away under the post. Garrick with two tries and 11 from 11 in a personal tally of 30 points to equal Matt Ridge's club record um, for most points in a game. And I'm probably the, it's the biggest win in, uh, in Manly's club history ever. The, 
surprising thing for me was probably that Des kept Turbo out there for the entirety of the 80 minutes. Uh, I thought he might have rested him when the game was in the bag after 10 minutes, but uh, he kept did him you, out there hear, for the whole thing. <laughs> did you hear Desi's press conference? Oh, yeah, I think that was a bit of an arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old mad scientist. <laughs> oh, mate. Classic, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Millie, if you're watching, uh, you oh. might want to tune out for a bit. Before uh, Millie says anything, um, Chelsea's asking, lads, do you reckon Turbo is number one and Teddy number two now? I I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, he, Turbo is the complete player at the moment. He's he's in rare form. The difference is between Turbo and Teddy is I don't think Tur- Teddy could do what Turbo does in the centres. No. I think Turbo uh, Teddy can only play fullback, but Turbo can you know cover those back three positions quite well and be just of effective in he each one play of them. Five eight, I reckon as well. Yeah, yeah, he's I reckon he is. Ball skills, yeah. Um, the boys are going off. They're loving our nicknames. Uh, <laughs> so we've got the the scarecrow. Uh, we've got the snail. We've got shit stains. Um, Sex toy. <laughs> ba- ba- baby Bigfoot. Baby Bigfoot and uh, and the Bigfoot, which is Jesse. The uh, and uh, hectic Montoya. Hectic yeah. Montoya. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll call Cosy. Will now be called the deer in headlights. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, let's talk about the Titans absolutely handing it to the Raiders. This was a surprise result for me. I expected this was this was going to be a game where the Raiders would hit back. Yeah, Titans had not been in good form themselves. Played at GIO Stadium. This is one of the only games of the round played um, in front of live crowds. Uh, They all left. (laughs) They all left early. (laughs) Even COVID's not a fan of Canberra. So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, sorry, Canberra. And sorry to my family that live there as well. So, uh, Both teams struggling for continued form. The early exchanges was, was pretty even, actually. Yeah, well, uh, Papali'i with some good early carries for the Raiders. However, it was David Fafita opened the scoring with a bit of a Fafita, Fafita special, uh, crashing over the line for the Titans first. And he followed it up the very next set. This was some scintillating play uh, from the kickoff when they were spreading it wide. Um, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. So he put a he put a shot on Sam Williams as well. They 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 scored another one straight after that as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he put a hit on um, Sam Williams. And uh, what's my train of thought here? He got himself ten in the bin. That's and right. The Titans needed to finish the half uh, with a player down, and the Gold Coast amazingly scored two tries. Kevy Proctor went went straight through there, and. Um, and oh, that that try right on half time, a great run from Kelly uh, up the center and Mo Fotowaka. Oh, he, he strolled over from dummy half, and that that made it what sixteen nil. Yep. And then Jamal Fogarty scores an absolute one of the softest tries I think you'll see. First grade just absolutely strolling through and scoring in the corner there. It looked like 20- he was gonna he was gonna pass outside, but um, I can't remember who uh, who who was the guy defending opposite. Was it, um, was it Jack White that made a poor poor decision in uh, there? No, no, no. Oh, wasn't it the guy that plays on the wing in the centre as well? Seb uh, Chris. Yeah, Seb Chris. Seb was Chris. It? That's right. It was yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he he made a poor decision and that just forced because Fog- I don't think Fogarty Fogarty had in his head run. I think no, he no. Looking to pass and then so yeah. think I'm, I'm, which is I'm, great I'm, eyes I'm, up footy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is. It is definitely. Yeah. Shows, shows like a thinking. Uh, Williams. Thinking half. 
They're saying it was Williams. That's right. It was uh, Sam Williams. Sam Williams. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So they scored two tries with a man in the sin bin. Three. Uh, Three. Three tries. Sorry. Three tries. That's that's unprecedented. Oh, mate. Ridiculous. Canberra, with their recent history, struggling for second half points. Mate, they must have been worried going into halftime. And the Titans packed the 13 men to start the second half, and they just continued their dominance. Kelly scores under the post six minutes into second half. Proctor then gets his second of the night four minutes later, and that was all she wrote. Um, the Raiders fans walking out 34 0 with 25 minutes to go. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever left a game more than like maybe one or two minutes before full time. Mm. But leaving 25 minutes to go. I mean, if that was if it was Warriors, I said to you, if this was the Warriors up 34 0 with 25 to go, I'd still be worried. I've turned up late uh, based on traffic. I've never left early though. Never. I think I think maybe a couple of Broncos games where we got absolutely pasted back in the day. I think I might we might have tried to get on the bus. Back I turned up City. late to the infamous Warriors Penrith game because uh, I was coming from Goulburn. That's I'd right. been at a I'd been at a, a christening, and then we left early, got to Goulburn, uh, and I think see uh, Chance Nickel Clockstead and Foran had already scored. So when I walked in, it was ten nil. And then we went in, was it 28 6 at half time? 28 and then, 6, yeah. And yeah, it was that and game. Barely touched the ball in the second yeah. half. Yeah, that game. Anyway. Um, anyway, the Titans bring up their highest ever score via Paddy Herbert try uh, to run out convinces 44 to 6 winners. Ra- Raiders really returning to some poor form. Uh, yeah, so I thought that, Millie. I, I don't know. Yeah, Millie's. Millie's there. She says, no, you guys held the Warriors to account. Hold us to account now, please. We deserve it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the problem is at the Raiders and I don't know what the mm. I don't know what the uh, solution is because I looked at that Raiders pack and I thought that was probably the best pack that they've put out all year. And mm. I really thought that they were going to dominate the Titans. And it's at home to just have a, a, a score put on you like that at home in front of your home crowd. Uh, in, in their the, conditions and everything. Yeah, those cold well. conditions in Canberra. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's now time for Ricky Stewart to step aside at the Raiders uh, because nothing's working down there. And if, if they if they can't, um, you know, spark something toward before the end of the season, then yeah, the writing may be on the wall for old Sticky. They'll be they'll be back in form come round twenty four. <laughs> Well, that's a given. We'll be yeah. leading. We'll probably be leading twenty by twenty yeah. points with ten to go. And yeah, I can't wait till we do that. Uh, that end of game review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had the the Knights thirty eight uh, versus the Cowboys nil. Hat trick um, of Canings. Yeah, it was. Um, Newcastle hosting a very vocal Knights fan base at home. At McDonald Jones Stadium, uh, and it was as we said earlier, it was one of the few venues to host live crowds. Um, the Knights fielding their first choice spine for the first time this season too in Ponga, Clifford, Pearson, Jaden Braley. Val Holmes going into this game having never lost to the Knights. Well, guess what, Val? That was about to change. Sorry, champion. Caelan <laughs> uh, Ponga returning from a long layoff from injury. He scored the first try for the Knights. Uh, the Cowboys nearly go the full length of the field with. Um, Wi Fido, I won't call him the hammer because he's not. I am. He's the little. He's only the little. Little yeah, hammer. You hold yeah. the little one. Give me the yeah. big one. <laughs> yeah, back hammer. I'll be Thor's hammer. Um, you, you can be Stormbreaker. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best no tries you'll ever see. Um, yeah. 
Knights with a good second try to Jacob Saifidi, hitting a hole and crushing over the line. Knights in full control of the game, keeping sustained pressure on the Cowboys. Murray Tuolungi with a heavy tackle on Kalen Ponga that causes the Knights to rush in with some push and shove. Uh, but that tackle's deemed okay and uh, play resumes. Yeah, yeah, that was a funny one, wasn't it? Yeah. Surely, surely he's going to be uh, scrutinised. But yeah, I guess I guess there was common sense prevailing there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Um, Dominic Young, the predator, gets over the line, but the try is disallowed via a double movement. Uh, and that was a blatant double movement. Oh, it was one of the worst you've ever seen. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Predator must have had some of his circuits jammed there. Yeah, obviously. Knights yeah. uh, in full control of the game and score from a Clifford bomb that Mann takes and slips a pass to Connor Watson to score under the post. Uh, the Knights with the second try to Ponga after Dominic Young breaks clear down the left wing. Uh, the Knights with all the possession, all the momentum in the first half. The Cowboys finally get some possession in the Knights' half but turn it over cheaply. Um, Cowboys with a good passage of play to finish the half, showing signs of life with some controlled attack and unlucky not to score points. Mm. Um, second half starts off as a bit of an arm wrestle. Uh, both teams playing controlled style of footy, working through their sets. But um, at 22 nil down, the Cowboys really need to chance their arm and not um, go set for set. Yeah, not, not play a dour footy. Um, the, the Knights with the razzle-dazzle, Ponga splitting the defence and finding the Predator who, 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 who scored. Put on it, who activated his cloaking device. And, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, the Cowboys start to shift a bit of the momentum. However, even with repeat sets, they're still unable to turn their possession and field position into points. Um, the Knights then score a second try to the Predator from a kick and round out the scoring through Connor Watson getting his second try just before full-time. <clears throat> um, Cowboys just proving that they can't play away from home. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a completely different team when they leave Townsville. Mate, they've only won two from their past 16 games away from Townsville. Uh, and obviously not having Todd Payton there as he was in isolation up in COVID. Yeah, like, COVID hey, guys, nothing to do with me. I wonder if he stayed tuned into the footy or whether he turned it off and, and watched a bit of Netflix while he was in isolation because it was, <laughs> it was diabolical from those... Uh, from the Knights. I was tempted to message him and say, hey, Todd, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like winning away, winning in Sydney uh, in particular has always been a bit of an Achilles heel of the Cowboys. And I remember that 2015 season where they obviously went on to win the premiership, they finally started to get that right. Yeah. I remember Paul Green at the time, they showed some footage of him after they'd lost another game in Sydney. And he goes, you boys, you got to, we got to start doing this. Otherwise people are just going to keep telling us how bad our record is in Sydney and no one's going to do anything about it unless we do something about it. Always remember that. And Nick, Nick McCurch is asking, I've always wondered though what it's like to play in four degrees and colder. Have you, have you any experience with playing in such conditions, Hammer? I certainly have. I've, I've played in Canberra in uh, like two degrees. Uh, when I played schoolboy footy, we played against um, Copeland College at Canberra. And uh mm. That was a game, and we, we really got affected by that. We were up 10-0 and ended up losing that game 14-10. Um, Warriors. Yeah, Warriors like very much so. And then when I was playing A-grade footy uh, in the Penrith comp with Matt Lodge's dad, Jamie, we used to play against Katoomba uh, up in the oh, Blue yeah, Mountains. Blue Mountains. Yeah, yeah nice. in the middle of it. They were in our comp. Um, oh, geez, that's even cold in summer up there. 
Mate, we have once we have one season. Uh, the best thing about playing up there was it was one of the few grounds that we played at that actually had hot showers, but there was only three of them. So you'd have <laughs> twenty guys huddled into three hot showers trying you to. You were just some more bare bums in the showers, weren't oh, you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that one year we played, um, we because it was uh, there was A grade and reserve grade, and and teams would pull out and they'd re, uh, put teams up and. They redid the comp four times that year, and four times we played Katoomba in Katoomba. In um, it was, and they were the minor premiers. They were the best team in the comp. Katoomba, uh, yeah, yeah. They were, okay. oh, mate, they were all like big, you know, mountain boys with one eye in the middle of their forehead. <laughs> in boots. <Ogres. laughs> <laughs> uh, be- beautiful spot up there at the Blue Mountains. Katoomba, love, love, love the last time I was up there. Saw a liar bird. So yeah, it's always a special yeah. place. For um, me. Someone's asking what the heck he's doing with Tamalolo. Yeah, I don't know. He's very ineffective now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, has he sort of hit a wall, plateaued? I mean, he's yeah. He just he had that big game against the Broncos where he yep. sort of came into his own a bit there and got them over the line in that game. But yeah, other than that, he's he's barely been sighted. He had that injury, uh, and Toddy Payton called him out after round one, famously, um, as well for his. For his sort of lack of effort on a few plays, yeah, so he just hasn't been himself, has he? I wonder if it's a fitness thing, you know? Yeah, um, he he has had a few injuries of late in the last few seasons. Or have teams just worked him out? Well, I mean, remember the last year, famously, we held him to his lowest meterage of the whole season. Yeah, um, and we we sort of made him, you know. <laughs> Joseph Watai says Lower Mountains used to field some bush boys like you make explained. Yeah, Lower Mountains had a good side too. There's some great teams out in that Penrith comp. Um, but we had to do a bit of traveling around, like we played out at Rivo. Um, uh, what was Mark Guy? Penrith Waratahs was uh, another one. Um, Mount Druitt. Mount Druitt, yeah. Mount Druitt had a couple of teams. Mitchenbury. Uh, it was a tough, tough comp. It was a really tough comp. But I loved it. Um, it was probably the toughest footy I ever played. Uh, but yeah, I, I played nine seasons or something out there, but it was it was absolutely yeah, it was incredible. Uh, we'll push on. Um, yeah, Broncos twenty six, Sharks eighteen. This was expected to be a bit of a dud dud game of the round, but it turned out to be one of the most entertaining. Uh, seeing the crowd and hearing the noise of the crowd, uh, conveniently Brisbane got out of lockdown just in time. Yep. Uh, for for this game to be uh, well attended, and Brisbane are always crying out. The Broncos say that they always want Sunday afternoon games. Um, they and they got a decent turnout there as well. Finally, the Broncos turned up to play. It only, it's only taken sixteen rounds. Boy, buoyed by the return of the uh, wow, 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 porn star uh, Katoni Stags. Yep. Sharks look to have sharks looked to have opened the scoring. Uh, but interestingly, the try was disallowed by the bunker for a forward pass that they bizarrely tried to, <laughs> tried to play off as a knock-on. They found a loophole yeah. to rule on a forward pass. Yeah. He knocked it forward before he passed it. But it didn't hit a it didn't hit a Broncos player. So so it's so technically yeah, they can't rule on that. No, but they did. Yeah. 2022 Warrior Sean Johnson looked to be back to his stepping best of the jinking run, setting up the first try to Aiden Tolman. Broncos got their first try on the left edge raid that resulted in Alex Glenn scoring a try. It's been a while since he scored a try, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the Broncos back up their efforts on the right edge with Stags putting Tessie New into the corner. And then the Sharks uh, respond immediately through Connor Tracy to 
to tie, to tie the scores at 12 all at half time. So this is looking like a real good game. Ethan Bullymore crashes over next to the post just after half time to get to get the Broncos out to that uh, six point lead, 18 12. Both teams bomb certain tries here. First, my man, yeah. my boy, Ronaldo, and then Turpin, absolutely butchering it. Uh, Tracy goes for his second for Cronulla, and Sean Johnson's conversion ties it up at 18 all, 25 minutes. And the Sharks with some great play and SJ looking to be, you know, causing that momentum shift there. And you yep. think, will the Broncos be able to go with them here? But they stayed in the fight. Um, Tessie knew uh, streaks away for a long range try to score. And I think this fired them up a little bit. And then Jesse Arthurs went into the corner to give them that eight point buffer with 15 to go. Doesn't mean anything if you're a Warriors fan though. Um, the Sharks throw everything at the Broncos, uh, but they dig deep on every play. Payne Haas, um, I guess he kind of epitomized the change of culture there, perhaps at the Broncos with that last ditch play. Yeah. Um, and it could be uh, part of the whole Ben Iken yeah, uh, regime. Shifting shift in their attitude. Shift I think. in attitude, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final game of the round the Rabbits 34 beat the Tigers 22. <laughs> Carl's just walked in the door from the shops, everyone. <laughs> um, the vision of no crowd at Leichhardt Oval was probably the strangest vision I've seen. Um, Prime. Just so used to seeing that in a sea of black and gold over Leichhardt Hill. Uh, regardless of how the Tigers are performing, there's always a, a good crowd on that hill. And and seeing that empty with a NRL game going ahead just really mm. didn't sit right for me on yeah. Sunday either. Um, South got out to the uh, early lead with the first try to one-game warrior Tane Mill. Uh, mm. Dane Laurie denies the Rabbits with what looked like their second try not long after with a great hit on Alex Johnson. Uh, just looked like Alex Johnson gave Dane Laurie no uh, respect there and thought he was going to just waltz past him. And, and uh, Dane Laurie hit him hard and hit him good. Um, yeah. You know, which probably made Alex Johnson sit up for a little bit later when he did get his try. Uh, yeah, Rabbits, that's right. Yeah, yeah Rabbits scored not long after with a left-edge raid resulting in Cody Walker scoring. Uh, South continued to build pressure and Alex Johnson finally gets a try in the corner. Adam Reynolds butchers a certain try, putting his foot on the dead ball line before putting the ball down. We're, we're talking about, he, he did a David Peachy, but he didn't do the David Peachy right because he normally just got the yeah. ball down before doing that. Remember when Sonny Bill did it in a test match for the Kings? Yeah. <laughs> and does, does anyone remember Russell Richardson, a former yes. Sharks player, <laughs> racing 70 metres and then tried to switch hands as he was about to ground <laughs> the ball and went, a blur. <laughs> uh, I don't know why players don't ground the ball as soon as they get over the line. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they run so close to dead ball line, or they do these one-handed put downs and stuff like that. It's crazy stuff. Growing up as a kid, it was always you know put the ball down with two hands and put the ball down as soon as you get over the line. It was yeah. always it was what was um, like taught to you. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, know. I mean, Adam Reynolds doesn't score enough tries, I guess, to know that that's the rule. Um, but yeah, uh, AJ gets his second try, and unfortunately, at 22 0, the Tigers look lost and with no answers to the speed of the Rabbits. Um, the serial killer Campbell Graham gets a try to round out the Rabbits' first half scoring spree. Um, the Tigers, with their first points of the match, try to Adam Dewey to start the second half. Tigers, with a much better second half, defending well and preventing the Bunnies from scoring points, but unable to post points themselves. 
Dane Laurie converts some good ball into points with the try next to the post, and the Tigers clawing their way back into the game at 26-10. Um, Souths get their first points of the second half through a second try to the serial killer in the 68th minute. Um, Tigers hit back with a second try to Dewey, but an error, <laughs> but an error straight after points gives the Bunnies the ball uh, on the Tigers' line, and Cam Murray scores. Um, and Nofaluma makes the scoreboard respectable at the end uh, with an intercept try, but um, South's too good. Uh... <coughs> oh, Millie says, condolences for the loss against South Swan. I give you heaps, but I'm sure that you're a not great guy. Here's a great guy. Hey there, top bloke. Yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> are you laughing at the serial killer? Yeah. <laughs> I got that one from Fletch and Heine. Serial they, killer. They reckon uh, Campbell Graham looks like a serial killer. Looks like Jeffrey Dahmer or something yeah. like that. Looks like he doesn't mind chowing down on a absolutely on an arm or a leg or a. Eh, hey, Ciala, Ciala, are you still there, bro? Because uh, get ready, mate. We're heading into the set it's of six, set of six, or set of rants, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to get started. Number yeah, one, momentum swings. How often have we mentioned it tonight? How often have we mentioned it this year? Let's face it, the good teams can cope and dig deep when they have to. And that's a fact. And especially when you're in a game and the momentum clearly turns, possessions swings around, you have to you know, do a bit of extra tackling, put your body on the line. You've got to be able to withstand a bit of pressure. The good yep. teams do this well. They absorb the pressure and they find a way to go up the other end and score themselves. And Look, we just can't do that at the moment. We, it, I, I, I think we're at an all-time low with this, to be honest. Well, it's reminding me of 2012. It's we not just, just us, because you, you look at the blowout in the score lines and it, it shows that there's a number of teams in the comp that just don't know how to handle the momentum swings. We're, we're absolutely we're folding like a deck of cards the second any pressure is applied. Like Friday night's game was a prime example that when the momentum switched after the Chad Townsend attempted field goal, the momentum just switched and we just couldn't go with them. And no. it's just, it's just painful to watch. It's just like the team, there needs to be stronger leadership out there. We need better uh, guidance from our halves and our experienced players. Yep. And we're just really not getting that at the moment. It, it has a lot to do with mental toughness and desire. You've got to want it. You've got to want to be get into the fight and stay in the fight. And you've got to want that loose ball or you've got to want to make that tackle. You've got to want to hold them out and you've got to want to, you've got to be switched on. You've got to have the concentration and know that if we just get through this tough period, <coughs> then we might be able, we might catch a break. And that's when you can, you can change the momentum. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a um, massive problem. It is. It's the, those effort on effort plays, particularly in defence. Yes. Um, you know, when when the momentum swung against you, it's those getting off the line, um, you know, making sure you put pressure on the attacking team to try and get that momentum swing back in your favour, cause a, a, an error, um, get a penalty, and, whatever. And if something doesn't go your way, don't drop your head. Like, yeah. I, I think that you can almost visibly see it with us sometimes. Something yep. goes against us and the players. You can almost literally see the body language of the players. There's got to be more resilience. There's got to be more mental toughness, and there needs to be more leadership out there. Is it, is it attributed to the, the mentality of uh, the average NRL player? And I'll quantify that by saying, what I mean by that is, these guys come through these pathways and these systems where 
you know, they're gi given everything. Um, you know, they, they rarely have to work hard um, they, in, in relation to real life struggles and stuff. And, mm. uh, you know, I mean, the 99% of us that live in the real world go through these momentum swings on a daily basis in regards to real life. And we just work through them and you overcome them. It's handling and, the hardships yeah. that, that you get thrown but your way, guys, the spanners. Yeah. yeah, these guys coming through, they're, they're, they're not um, life toughened in that respect. So that when things go against them on the field, it's just very easy for it to, oh. Oh, stuff this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there are a lot, like we're talking about young guys here. Like, you know, the, the, those they're not equipped the, with the skills to be able to negotiate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of what I see as the problem. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, uh, you can do all the training courses in the world uh, behind closed doors, but that's not going to help with getting your mental toughness right. Uh, and probably the best thing for it is that these guys have to work through that on the field uh, and they've got to learn from their mistakes, but we don't seem to be learning from the mistakes. No, we're not. We're, um, at this stage, we, we, we're not anyway. We're, we're, yeah. we're making the same mistakes week in, week out. Now, you know, Mark Roberts said earlier, um, you know, a couple of years back, these would have blown out to 16, 20 point losses. And it's good that they're not. We're, we're staying in the contest, but Staying in the contest and winning the contest are two separate things. And we identified six games tonight that we've, we've lost by four points or less, and many of them in the back end of a, of a game where we've had a lead and given up a lead. Um, six games, that's 12 competition points that we've blown. Um, that is going to be the difference between, oh. you know, where we finish on the ladder and where we don't. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I just find that... Um, that's probably the biggest thing with the Warriors, talking about the Warriors, is the fact that we're not learning from those situations we're getting ourselves in, uh, like we did against the Knights. We didn't, or when we did against the Cowboys, leading by six and lost to a field goal, we didn't learn from that experience for the Dragons game. No, and, and as we said earlier, we, we were very lucky to get away with the Cowboys win and the Tigers win as well. Yeah, um, McKercher says a Nick the Kirch says a great thing. Or is it? Oh well, I still get paid, so it's no big deal. That could be part of it, you know. Hey, it's it's been brought up before. I mean, I know you can't introduce like performance uh, payments and that kind of thing, but like there's got to be there's got to be some accountability and there's got to be some ownership from it. Yeah, and perhaps some of these guys aren't, you know, saying, look, you know, I I made a bad mistake there. I've got to be better in those situations, like. We, I guess we want to hope that there is a silver lining to going through all of this. Yeah. Finally, the penny will drop. And then say we find ourselves in the exact same situation this weekend against the Sharks or a few games later in the season. And the boys are like, yeah, this is, this is happening to us too often. We need to be better in these scenarios. Ciala asked, do you reckon that RTS is not the right captain or leader that is suited for our team? We need a strong leader like Price or Finucane. Um this is just an opinion. Don't take it the wrong way, Warriors fans. No, I, I see oh, what you're saying. Absolutely, I think yeah. I, there's yeah. different types of captains. And um, Steve Price was a great leader that encompassed everything. He yep, was a yeah, great um, yeah. he was a great talker to his men. He he spoke well to the referees. They, they, they had his respect. Opposition players had his respect. And he did a job uh, on the field and, and he, people followed him. Whereas RTS doesn't look like he's a big talker. But RTS is the guy in our team. He puts in 100% every game, regardless of how whether we're winning or losing. His effort is 100%. You can, you can never fault his effort. And he's the kind of guy that is follow me kind of guy. More of a lead by um, example. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think our next captain is going to be very similar because I don't think Torhu's got a big voice, but I think Torhu is the player that they're looking at to be our captain, especially... He'd be a Simon Mannering type captain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think it's different captains for different... uh, for uh, have different things. Like Cameron Smith was obviously a fantastic captain and he just... He just knew how to control um, the game. He knew how to talk to men, uh, control his side. Um, it's been no, there's been no one better. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Two. Set two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go on, mate. What was saying? Oh no, I was. I was just saying. Um, yeah. I, it's. Yeah. It's. Uh, it, it was it was reminding me so much of 2012 that horrible end of the season where we just couldn't hold onto a lead to save to save our lives and yep. it was yeah you know we we've been through it before and we have come out the other side but the one thing that gets me is with the warriors we got different coaches different players different ceos a whole different setup but there's some of these like attributes that are associated to us that seem to remain. Yeah. Christian says there's always been talk about culture around the club. So many plus players have mentioned it. The thing with the Warriors of 2020 and 2021 is they're based in another country and they're, they're, they're creating their own culture um, here and like, you know, in this bubble that they're living in. And I, I understand it's, it, it's, it's a difficult thing for them, but um uh, yeah, Kurt says Warriors idiosyncrasies. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but as I said, if, if we can learn from, if they can start learning from these experiences and building some of that, like, you know, mental toughness, because you're only going to, it's like when you go, if you, if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to build muscle. That's right. You yeah. know, it, it just doesn't grow on its own. And it's the same with mental toughness. If, you, if you're not going through those experiences and learning from them and, uh, you know, experiencing them and learning from them, then you, you're not going to, you're never you going to be, be able to fatigued. You need to go through resistance yep. in order for yep. it to get better. Like you said, you need to be yep. torn, like the muscle fibers. They need to be torn yep. in order to grow back stronger. That's a great analogy there that you you made about the gym. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's very apt. Yeah. yeah, I don't go, but you know, um, I should I should be going. Yeah, <laughs> I should, but I don't. Um, step two, uh, set rant two. The, rant two, uh, yeah. The mid-season merry-go-round continues. Now, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, since we last spoke about this topic, the Warriors have probably benefited the most from yeah. the, the mid-season trades. Um, we picked up Dallin, we picked up Chad Townsend, and now we've picked up Matt Lodge. Um, there's still a lot of uh, uncertainty over players like Anthony Milford, um, who'll show on the door by the Broncos as soon as um, Ben Iken stepped in. There's rumours surrounding uh, Tabita Pangai Jr., um, and other players that are on the outer at their clubs, not, you know, and, and trying to be forced out. I still believe that we need a, a designated trade window mm. um, where it can all be done in the space of a, a, you know, a week or two weeks. Yeah. You know, we had Clifford the other week play for the, the Cowboys against us and then played for the Knights against us or, or something ridiculous in that respect. And then, and then played against the Cowboys <laughs> a week later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and some of these, yeah, I just, I personally, I would just rather see a designated trade window. I think it'd be better for the player, most, much, definitely better for the fan. Um, I'm, I'm tired of the biggest stories of the week. Every week is who's going where and, and when. Um, so, yeah, it yeah, was a speculation and everything. And yeah. it's like, oh, is he even going to stay? Is he even committed to the club? 
you know. And, and the one thing I don't like about it is you get a lot of guys that are like, oh, well, I'm not getting picked in first grade. So go to my manager and say, can you get me a better deal somewhere else? Well, that's it. You know, mm. I mean, um, no, no offense to Chad Townsend, but, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's wallowing in reserve grade. He wasn't in the mix for first grade. He's got a, a contract to sign, um, you know, already signed at the Cowboys. And it's like, oh, well, you know, get me out of here. Yeah, he, he may as well be playing first grade, you know, and we yeah. have uh, lack of depth in the, in the halves at the moment. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, should we uh, should we talk about Benny's Broncos? <laughs> now, not the Benny that we usually associate with the Broncos. This is the Benny Icons broom through the Broncos. Benny's son-in-law, Benny. Benny's son-in-law. Benny, son of Benny. Son-in-law yeah. of Benny. Yep. <laughs> Benny, son-in-law of Benny. Uh, he clearly means business. Um, and, you know, he, he wasted no time in uh, trying to sort their roster out. Obviously, Lodge released immediately to us. Uh, and then uh, Javita Pangai Jr. were rumoured to be told he can go whenever he wants to. I think I think the Tigers have now distanced themselves from him, but you, you have to think that if he he's probably going to be a... Dragon. A dragon, yeah. Um, they need some players, don't they? Yeah, they will. <laughs> and the worst-kept secret... Lost, yeah. Lost a front rower. <laughs> yeah. The worst-kept secret in the NRL is that Milford will not be offered a new deal next year, and, and it's... Um, I think he's been shown the door. I think they've told him to go. I think, yeah, I think they pretty much said, like, if you get something, you can go, but you, you won't be playing first grade. Um, and and I, I, you'd have to say most of the off-contract players at the Broncos are going to be gone as well. I mean, these were, a lot of these guys were guys that Seabold got in there for his failed stint. Um, so, you know, Broncos fans out there, maybe there is a bit of light at the tunnel. Maybe Benny Eichen is the appointment that this club needs um, to get to get back on track and um you know brisbane brisbane is buzzing when the broncos are doing well um they've recently signed capewell yeah great signing yeah um capewell they've got adam reynolds and they've got uh origin great branko lee coming as well so (laughs) (laughs) origin great and premiership winner origin great and premiership winner and who am I to say anything? Because I've done nothing. But they have they have lost a couple though. They're, like they've they've lost um, Xavier Coates. He's going to Melbourne. Uh, yeah, he, he'll be a big loss for them. Yeah. Um, and expect him to blossom down the Melbourne system. But yeah, it's, they've got him going. Corey Oates. Who middle, knows what's happening? Their middle forwards that um, uh, interest me because I mean they've got Carrigan, they've got Flagler, they've got Payne Haas. They've just lost Matt Lodge. Um, yeah, I think they need to strengthen their middle forward stocks rather than their edge back rower stock. I mean, Cable's a great pickup. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, they need a bit more depth though. Yeah. Um, and, and look, they got to get rid of guys like Carmichael Hunt and Ben Teo and get rid of the old boys that are hanging around. You know, yeah. like they they got to clear out these blokes. I'm sure. I'm sure they're they've been tapped on the shoulder already. Oh, though, have to be. Yeah. Um. He'll be coming. Yeah, he will. Um. Kirchie saying uh, Xavier Coates will become an absolute world beater under Bellamy. Yeah. Oh, mate, look look what's happened to every other. Look at Remus Smith has gone down look at there. George Jennings. George Jennings. I mean, I mean, he was good for us. We we love Georgie Boy, but um, he's he's taken his game to a new level down there. Yeah. Great finisher. Um, next point: Origin eligibility and the lines yes. have been drawing um, after that debacle that was um, Ronaldo Molotalo in the media uh, on 
Origin Day Absolute being told circus. he couldn't play. Uh, and then all the stories where he, he played 16s and 18s as a Queenslander but wasn't eligible to play Origin because he didn't live in Queensland before his 13th birthday. And then he was trying to get an exception to the rule and all the rest of it. Sanity has prevailed and the origin eligibility rules have been um, drawn and uh, it's he cannot play origin now because he doesn't qualify. He was 13 and nine months when he moved to Queensland. It doesn't matter if it was 13 and one day. Plain and simple. Rules are rules. And I'm glad they've changed, they've uh, held fast to that rule and uh, denied him... uh, uh, the uh, ability to play Origin, yeah. and and now maybe that might shut up all this other talk about guys like Tamalolo, yeah, uh, and all the people keep talking about Tamalolo, and oh, why you know why can't he play and blah blah blah. He's played for a Tier One nation, being New Zealand. He's it's automatically as, ineligible. Yeah, it doesn't matter You'd now. Be that changing the rules specifically for him if you correct. allowed it. It doesn't matter now that he plays for Tonga. Um, uh, it's like Adam Fanua Blake. He's played for New Zealand. He's ineligible. Um, Siwa Taukiaho, he's played a test for New Zealand. He's ineligible. All these Tongan players that uh, people would love to see play in Origin that have played test footy for New Zealand. Or Australia. Cannot, yeah, yeah. Cannot, yeah, or Australia. Uh, cannot play um, Origin footy. Um, no, oh, sorry. No, sorry. If they play Australia, Australia, they can. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking T1 Nation. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's great that um, his debut, like his, the eligibility rules have been drawn. Um, probably the, the downside is is that uh, your favourite player in Ronaldo, now not being able to pull on a Maroons jersey, is just going to switch his cap around and, and display his Kiwis badge and now try and get into the Kiwis side. So uh, Look, look um, it's it's he's not my favourite player. Everyone knows that. But uh, I, I, did, I did kind of feel sorry for him because, you know, Having your dream taken away from you, yep. Right at the uh, at the last minute there, but look, I I'm dead against um, players playing state of origin, but having no desire to play for Australia. I am dead against that as well. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm a Blues fan, but I'm a Kiwis fan, um, and the, I've always thought that if you play Origin, then you're pledging your allegiance to Australia. That's it, pure and simple. It's like uh, having your cake and eating it too. I get that. Like guys like Brian Toto and Jerome Luai have already said we're going to play for Samoa, Samoa. And I, I well, you know the you know the the argument that I don't like about this is that um, uh, Mal Meninga was very uh, vocal about Luai playing for New South Wales and saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't play in that. But now that Luai's played in two winning games, Mal Meninga is now trying to change yeah. his allegiance from Samoa to Australia. So. It's, it's funny, isn't it, that um, they say they want to help the uh, those Tier 2 nations and, and help the international game, but now they're trying to take a, a, a guy who's genuinely pledged his allegiance to a Tier 2 nation away from his allegiance to that nation to come and play for Australia. And Luai, if he gets picked for Australia, he's not going to be in the run-on side. Everyone, Munster's going to be in that position. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's going to I- lessen... Um, the, the tier two nation in the in an attempt to benefit the Australian rugby league and that um, is what really shit me a couple of weeks ago. Um, see, see, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, I don't know for sure, but do do we really believe that Ronaldo is playing for Queensland because he wanted to play for Australia? 
I'm pretty sure given the opportunity, he would play for Samoa again as well. I don't know this for sure, but Look, he has played for they, Samoa before. For it's, me, the it's the money. money. Yeah, it's the money that That's, they want to play on Origin. Yeah, like, and, and as I always say, just because you want to play Origin doesn't actually give you the right to play Origin. I know they said he played 16s, 18s, 19s, but he wasn't even eligible to play on those. No. He had two um, different sets of forms. He said he arrived when he was 13, then he said he arrived when he was 14. And what, what, how does that change? Did he just forget or did he just put that because he, he found out the rule? I don't know. I'm not trying to insinuate anything here, but there was there was two sets of documents. Yep. But um, I, I think that if you – I would like to see it. If you pledge your allegiance to any other nation, then you're ineligible for origin. That's that's my opinion. I um, – Kurt, you're saying players should prioritise their playing for their nation to strengthen the international game. I agree. I, I go back to when I played um, lower-grade footy when I was co- first contracted to the Bears. And when you sign your first contract, you've, there's a form you've got to fill out, and you've got to fill out who your allegiance to. And – I filled my allegiance out to New Zealand, so that was it, done and dusted. I was, even though I was born in Australia, I qualified under, you know, my dad being from New Zealand. I had a New Zealand passport. I've got New Zealand citizenship, so I've got dual citizenship to both countries. Um, but that was it. It's so, so the documents there for these kids to sign when they first come into that system. Um, there has been exceptions to the rules in the under 18s and under 16s before, because we've seen uh, Benji Marshall played uh, Australian schoolboys. We saw Sonny Bill Williams Sonny played Bill, under 18 Kieran New South Ford, Wales. Isaac Luke played under 18 New South Wales. Um, but then they went on to represent New Zealand. So, yep. um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's got to be more transparent, though, for the fans, I think. Um, because everyone everyone is, is confused. They're saying, oh, but so-and-so played for Tonga and played for Queensland. So-and-so played for Samoa and played for New South Wales. And we're like, yeah. They're two tier two nations. That's what yeah. kept coming up over and over again with the Talmalolo thing. But he's lived here since he was twelve or whatever, so he, he qualifies. But you know, it's it's you got to take into account the na- the tiering of the nations. So tier one is only Australia, New Zealand, and um, England slash Great Britain, isn't it? Uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, it was Papua New Guinea. Included. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because whenever there's a, like one of those competitions, I always throw Papua New Guinea in with Australia, New Zealand, England. I don't know that they are because Xavier Coates has played for PNG, hasn't he? Oh, there you go. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, Adrian Actually, Land you're right. Yeah. You're right because um, they're talking about Justin Ollum uh, maybe hoping to play. Yeah, for and Neville play. Costigan back in yeah. the day played for PNG. Adrian Lamb. Adrian Lamb, the first guy to do it, yeah. yeah. Um, Jared Cunningham says, personally, I don't want Ronaldo representing Kiwis. Don't want someone whose heart isn't fully set. That, that, that's it. And that's that. that I'm I, I agree. I, I, I think... Uh, People of a New Zealand perspective are completely within their rights to say, "Well, why? Why should we pick you? Just because we don't want to be your second choice?" Yeah, I don't. I, I think there's better wingers, uh, better Kiwi wingers to select anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he'll struggle to get into that, that Kiwi team. Yeah. yeah, he won't make it. Um, yeah, well, I hope not. Anyway, uh, see if Madge. Um, so that's the other thing. Madge, Madge isn't a Kiwi. So yeah, yeah. Like, he's the coach of the Kiwis, but he's not a Kiwi. So his passion for that Kiwi jersey is completely different for those of us who are actual Kiwis supporting the Kiwis. It's it's a job to him. It's a coaching gig, um, yeah. and he'll pick and he'll pick the best players available uh, for him to select. If they, well, I mean, yeah. Them. So it's a, for the him for jersey, the best whereas, chance of the team he's coaching to win. So yeah, yeah. He, he comes whereas from if I'm the coach of that Kiwis jersey, this this kid 
who now can't play Origin says, oh, well, if I can't play Origin, I'll, I'll play for the Kiwis. My response would be, my coaching yeah, not yeah. yeah, don't want you. If I wasn't good enough three weeks ago for you to pledge your allegiance to, why now? You know, when, yeah. when another door shut. So I, I can I can understand all, all Kiwis sort of having that perspective. So, yeah. Uh, next point, like fifth point before we get on to the big point of the round. Uh, yeah, yeah, culture. Uh, let's talk about club culture. Cultivate or destroy? Now, we've seen some some prime examples here. I won't, I won't um, get too much into it because this will be your next, your next topic. Yeah. But we see time and time again that the great teams like Melbourne and the Roosters, you know, the premiership winning teams of like the last decade. So we've had great culture that starts from the top, from CEOs, from the coaching staff. Coaching staff. And they bring in players that fit in and um, buy into the culture of the team. Yep. Um, demanding high standards and not and not compromising on anything. And over the years, like so, that's an example of cultivating a good culture in your side. Even the, the Raiders under Ricky Stewart for a period had that as well, where they all bought into the culture and they they, and they went on the run to the grand final. That, that's it. And they hold each other to high standards and they don't tolerate any nonsense. Um, well, mate, you, you've never seen a side with a toxic culture go on to win premierships. Yeah, that hundred percent. And the polar opposite of that is probably what we've seen over the Titans over the last five, ten years. But that they've had plenty of fiascos there. Um, yeah, the cocaine scandals. You've had the Hain, the Hain plane flying in and flying out of there, causing all sorts of ruckus, getting coaches sacked. All sorts of nonsense like that, and and uh, you said Michael Gordon and a few other guys involved in scandals, and no no coincidence they've been a bit of a basket case on the season, uh, on the field as well as a result. And now that brings us to uh, the Warriors. Look in 2016 when they had the sleeping pill energy yep. drink scandal, that sort of stuff would not go on under you know under Craig Bellamy's regime or. Uh, uh, Trent Robinson, one of any of these coaches, or probably even Wayne Bennett, and, and um, you know, wouldn't put up with this kind of behavior. And now well, the club culture is driven by the the guys at the top, isn't it? That, that's right. It's yeah. it's from the top down, and and you know, you you demand these these standards from the players, and if they don't buy into it, they're gone. You see these guys weeded out fairly early on, um, and that, mate, that brings us to the Dragons. Um, the weekend at Vaughnies. I, I think it leads straight into your next point. The yeah. Dragons we- are a classic example. Weekend at Vaughnies. Uh, prepare for a rant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell you, uh, this was just, as, as this story broke, it was just uh, more and more bizarre, wasn't it? So oh, for those of you who are living under a rock who don't know what's going on, uh, after the Dragons' one-point victory over the Warriors on Friday night, um, club coach uh, Anthony Griffin and the CEO of the club said to him, look, you know, we're under lockdown. Don't do anything stupid. Go home. Don't know, do home. anything yeah. stupid. Don't celebrate the, the win. Uh, Paul Vaughan heard that as host a party and um, he, he hosted a party at his house uh, on, in Shell Harbour um, amid the COVID lockdown. Now, there's people going off going, oh, you know, they play together and they train together. So what difference does it make? The difference is that they weren't in a, a COVID bubble lockdown area of their own. He did it at his home in the street in Shell Harbour, which puts everyone in his street, um, you know, compromised. Plus it put, puts those players compromised. 
Um, it's 12 of his fellow Dragons attended. Um, so there was 13 all up. Uh, New South Wales police were made aware uh, from a neighbour's noise complaint. Uh, when the police turned up, uh, there was people scampering off down the road, including women. So they, they reckon there's going to be more come out of this. Oh, there's, we haven't heard the last of this, no. for sure. Uh, the New South Wales police has, have issued all involved with a mandatory $1,000 fine for breaching the state-imposed state imposed COVID lockdown protocols. So let's be clear about that. These are state-imposed. Uh, the NRL they, then came down heavy, issuing fines to all involved. Um, Paul Vaughan got 50 grand fine for hosting the party. Corey Norman, 50 grand fine. He got, because he ran away, left his wallet at the party. Uh, Jack DeBellin was playing the, the greatest game of hide and seek ever. He got 42 grand hiding under the bed. Zach Lomax, uh, 31,000, and Jack Bird, 25,000. Apparently, they were hiding in cupboards. Uh, Dufty got 23,000. Blake Laurie, 20,000. Josh Kerr, 18. Daniel Alvaro, 15,000. Uh, Tyrell Fui Mayono and Josh Maguire, 12 grand each. Kate Ellis, 5K, and Jared Beal, 2K. And all those players received a one match ban except, um, uh, what's his name, Vaughny? Uh, he got eight games, and then as a result, he's had his eight thousand dollar contract, eight hundred thousand dollar contract uh, ripped left up in twain, which he still had fifteen months left on. So the eight game ban would have taken him through to the end of the year, um, not being able to play another regular season game for the Dragons. Um, so they've ripped up his contract, so he's now without a contract for the twenty twenty two season. Uh, <clears throat> The one-match bans that the Dragons have been handed out can be used over their next three games so that they can actually field a side. So they can, they can stagger it. So they, so they, they reckon that they, the way they're going to do it is they'll sit five out against Manly because that's a game that they probably wouldn't win. Yeah. They'll only sit three out against the Gold Coast because they got a chance of winning that one. And then they'll sit four out against the Rabbitohs. And that way they, they get them all out of the way. Um, it's, oh. Mate, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Guys like um, the the, like, the entitlement of it, mate. They were told. I mean, the rest the rest of us are in lockdown. You know, some of us are lucky enough to leave every day and go to work. But if you're not going to work, you're told stay home, don't do anything stupid, don't have people over your house. So this guy invites twelve of his teammates over. Uh, it, it's it's indicative of the guys that weren't there: Tarek Sims, um, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt, like the the brains of that that organisation. Cody Ramsey wasn't there. Uh, probably missed the invitation or was probably high as a kite and stoned somewhere. Um, there was a couple of other guys that weren't there who probably wonder what they did wrong not to get an invite to Vaughn's party, but they're probably thanking themselves now that they didn't go. Uh, Rava Lawa wasn't there as well. Uh, probably yeah. can't read the invitation, so uh, he missed out. But... Um, Jack DeBellin, uh, this is a guy that's just uh, spent two years out of the game, uh, goes to a party that knows he shouldn't have been at. He's, he's four games back into his his career, and and now he's pick, he's got another fine from the police and that. And the fact that he's hiding under the bed that that indicate he, they knew they were doing the wrong fucking they, thing. They knew it. It's it's crazy. Like how old are these guys? Like do they think that just because? Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm not even going to try and think what they were thinking. Do you see? Um, oh, what's that, mate? Yeah, it's a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and and, and Paul Vaughan. Yeah. 
hosted apparently I, was, I got this from 360 he hosted a zoo, he got a zoom meeting going uh, beforehand to tell everyone to like oh, change your story or something like that yeah yeah it was a cover-up that's that's why he's been handed down the massive fine uh the, the the other thing too, and his his appearance on NRL three sixty last night was bullshit. That was yeah. that was just you know yeah crocodile tears. Um, he, was, he was sorry because he got caught. That's what it came correct. across as. But oh, it's, I'm, I'm just really sorry that I got caught. It's his third strike. This is the same idiot that put on a disguise and went to a, a restaurant or something last year. Yeah, um, guy in, incognito. Yeah, in yeah, yeah in in amidst the COVID lockdown. And prior to that, um, we they informed us that he was part of a sexting scandal. Uh, at the Dragons uh, 15 months or 18 months ago. Uh, so that was his first warning at the club. So uh, obviously a, a guy that thinks he's above everybody else. It's just um, a sense of entitlement. Like think I can, I can do this and the arrogance to think I can do this and get away with it. Yeah. Or, or it's just sheer stupidity. I think it's both. I think it's that sense of entitlement, sheer stupidity, uh, they think they're not going to get caught, or if they do, it's just going to be a little slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist, no yeah. yeah. But as I said, this, you know, Sydney, Wollongong, got, uh, the Central Coast are in lockdown. They've just extended our lockdown for another week um, because the COVID cases just aren't going away. Yeah. And fuckwit decides to host a party and breach all of that. And and us as fans, we can't go to games. You know, there's people that can't work. Um, you know, we're back into that. You know, people have lost. You know, out of work again. Um, the NRL are trying to negotiate or in the process of trying to negotiate um, somewhere to hold Origin 3. And and you've got these clowns from one club who are putting everything in jeopardy. Everything. They're putting the comp in jeopardy. It's, it's infuriating. Honestly, it's... I, I have to go back. Sheer stupidity. Oh, really? Carl, Carl's a, from down the south coast. He, he grew up down there around the Shell Harbour area. So he's got a lot of friends down there. He was saying that uh, his egg, his house got egged last night. Four <laughs> 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 borns. <laughs> yeah, because everyone knows where he lives. Yeah, yeah, Vaughn. He's an idiot. Uh, the, probably the only upside from this is that uh, how long's Vaughn been at the Dragons now? Uh, about four years. So there's four pairs of shorts that can be donated to an under eights team <laughs> for, a, for a player to wear. Um, or, or Anthony Don or, the, or Anthony all four Don and put the them together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just can't idiots. believe the selfishness of these players. Um, I, I applaud the Dragons for how they've handled this situation. I feel very sorry for Anthony Griffin, who fronted the media a couple of days ago. And um, why didn't he get invited? He's usually the life of the party, isn't well, he? He Anthony was the one Griffin? that told him, don't. I mean, Vaughn yeah, created exactly, the WhatsApp yeah. with a WhatsApp group, so no one would find out because uh, WhatsApp text messages are encrypted. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it doesn't. It also doesn't help when you got James Graham there on three sixty. See you, Not- TK. Thanks for joining us, bro. TK's got to leave, mate. Yeah. Cheers, TK. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it doesn't help when you got James Graham on 360 saying stuff like, oh, I'm not condoning what they did, but, but kept saying that, but you got to understand from the players' perspective. No, you don't. And it's like, no, stop. I know you're still affiliated with the club and these guys are your mates, but you're not helping by saying, no. if you have to finish that sentence with, but, but. there's no but. <laughs> McCurcher. 
Israel Folau's home and away neighbour style lifestyle uh, life not making this week's set of six shows what an eventful week it was. Right. Yeah, I'm over talking about Israel. No, a, no, yeah, we're done. We're done with that. Uh, that's Israel a dick stuff. move by him to to go to all that trouble yeah. with Southport uh, Rugby League. Uh, for them to fight for him and for him to get the go-ahead to play and then for him to turn around and say, oh, sorry, I'm going to re- uh, Japanese rugby now. Uh, it's just shit. And yeah, see, the Benji Marshall statement was awesome. Benji was great. That's why Benji's the GOAT. He's the Koto of the NRL. Everyone looks up to him. Uh, and, you know, Benji made some mistakes in his in his day, but he's learned from them. Paul Vaughan's made some mistakes and he obviously haven't learned from it because this is his second offence doing the same kind of thing. So he's just an absolute fuckwit. Yeah, yeah, mate. Like who and and who's going to pick him up now? Like it's going to look like a desperation move for any team that gets well, him back. They're going to have to, as they were saying on three sixty, they're going to have to put all these clauses in his contract for behavioural issues. He was offered to the Broncos, and Ben Iken said a no. Uh, the thing for me is, I, the Dragons have done the right thing here. I don't think Paul Vaughan should be able to get, be picked up by another club until the end of next year. The Dragons should be Dragons contracts would expire. He shouldn't get to play against the Dragons. Um, or he should, I don't think he should. He should yeah, exactly. I, I 100% agree with you, mate. His contract should expire, then expire, and then he can look That's at entertaining right. options, see if someone will give him a second, because third, or fourth I've seen chance. it happen to so many clubs yeah. in the past. Like um, Todd Carney, when he got taken, uh, left the um, Raiders. The Raiders, and he was signed up straight away by uh, the Roosters. The Roosters you know? are playing in a grand final and yeah. winning the Golden Boot We've and saying, what a so great many redemption guys. story. So many guys do the wrong thing, get their contracts torn up, only to get a start at another club straight away. Um, Josh Dugan, Blake Ferguson, yep. all these guys. So I, I still think um, New Zealand Warriors, till I die, fans are posting they want vote. That's because they're idiots, mate. They are uh, ser- seriously. He is the la- if we if we were, if we um, have any intention of trying deliberate attempt to try and improve our culture, he's the last bloke we want in our team. Seriously. That, that's right. We have a yeah. We have a no dickheads policy now, and he's yeah. He definitely can't be part of our culture. Um, yeah. So uh, great, great work by the NRL. They send a clear message to all players that these COVID um, rules must not be breached or compromised. And it was the Dragons. It was actually Craig Young himself that got the police involved. So hats off to you know mm. the Dragons and Craig Young um, for you know. Treating this with the severity that it should have been treated with Absolutely. and not Absolutely. trying to sweep it yes. under the carpet. Yeah, that's um, right. Shows good leadership there. It does. Let's move on to round 17, Let's mate. Let's have a look. Who have we got playing this week in uh, round 17 game against Cronulla Sharks at next Strata Jubilee? We've got Reese Walsh at, uh, returning at fullback, DWZ yep. and uh, RTS shifting back to the wing there. Uh, Berry and Montoya in the centres. Good to see Berry getting, in the, getting his opportunity back in the team. Uh, Nick, yep. Cody Nicarima returns from the ankle injury, as we said before, with uh, partnering Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. AFB and Matt Lodge uh, will be a hopefully an exciting front row combination there. Wade yep. Egan uh, coming off a pretty good game last week. Um, and we've got Eli Katoa, also another strong game. Bailey Siren in the second row. Just Vungret Locke. The bench is Kane Evans, Lisa Namau, Bunty Afoa, uh, Ben Murdoch-Masilla, and extended reserves Adam Pompey, Jack Murchie, Taniela Otokolo and Ed Cozzi still there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about Eli Katoa. We saw him get helped from the field last week. Mm. So don't know how serious or how um, like overhyped that, that injury was. So we'll see if he retains his spot. Um, 
Interesting bench. It's, we're carrying four big men on the bench. I I would probably prefer to see someone like um, uh, Taniela Otakolo come yeah, on there. I'd like to see him get another shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Wade Egan plays uh, long minutes, but um, Otakolo, uh, I'd like to see him get some more game time. I think um, come in for like Kane Evans, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the merch. I'm I'm really surprised the merch isn't getting uh getting some game time here. Uh, surprising to see Lisa and Armel still on the bench if they've got no um uh plan to re-sign him. Uh, then you know I thought maybe he might stop featuring in some of these games. Yeah, you may see him if the season's gone. Um, then he may start to drop off the yeah drop, drop oh, off when, the radar. By the way, we're not ignoring the fact that there's a story going around that Jermaine Tanoa Brown has been offered to the Dragons on a loan deal. It's just that it hasn't been confirmed yet. Hasn't so, been confirmed by the club, so it's just no, so it's just stage. a speculation story. So we're not really going to discuss it until it does yeah. get confirmed. Just if anyone's wondering, um, but uh, yeah, oh, oh, look, it's a it's a strong lineup. Um, who's going to be a massive loss yeah, in that, yeah, in that squad. But um, yeah, uh, we'll go into it a little bit further when we discuss the, the sharks as well. Um, yeah. But for me, uh, the the game, the game needs to be won in the halves here. Uh, O'Sullivan and Nicarima, we need that kicking game again that we saw against the Dragons for seventy minutes. Um, and. Yeah, Jazz did play well last week. I've made, I'm a massive fan of Jazz. Um, as everyone knows, he's probably my favourite player in the NRL. Um, love the bloke. Uh, he's always got a lot of time for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Jazz is starting. I think he's uh, beneficial for us starting. We, we get the hard stuff done early in the mm. game. He's, he's that, like, the junkyard dog. En- that, energy. Yeah, well, yeah, picks up all that shit. I'm excited to see uh, AFB and Matt Lodge, though. Uh, yes, me. yep. Hopefully yeah. they rip in. We've got some other games this weekend as well. Yeah, mate. Thursday night, we have the Sea Eagles versus the Raiders. Eagles, we've got uh, Sea Eagles. Garrick moving to fullback for Tommy Turbo on origin duty. Moses Suley on the wing. Dylan Walker named to start at halfback. Dylan yeah. Walker at halfback at DCE. Yeah. And Cade Cuss named on the bench. Um, and for the Raiders, uh, Xavier Savage named at fullback for the injured Bailey Simonson. Matt Frawley named at six for Jack White. And gee, Whilst it's Matt Frawl, he's been in first grade. Yeah. Uh, Emre Gula named to start, replacing Josh Papali'i. And Hudson Young named to replace the injured Elliot Whitehead. Um, despite the outs for Manly, I still think that they're going to have a big win here. Uh, sorry, Melly. Uh, Raiders looking well out of sorts. Yeah, I, um, I agree. The Raiders just get, I, I have no faith in the Raiders at the moment. Uh, and with guys like White and and Papa Lee not playing, uh, and Elliot Whitehead. I think mm. it's, they're massive holes to fill. Uh, I know Tommy Turbo not playing. I was really critical of, uh, or I was savage on Manly a couple of weeks ago when uh, Turbo was out for origin and they turned around, they put um, 48 points on the Titans, I think, in that second half or something. Like that. Was that that game where yeah, Turbo yeah. wasn't playing? Um, so, Titans, yeah. Yeah, they made me eat my words. Uh, they, I, 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 I believe Manly can win this and win this easily, and I'll pick them 13 plus. Mm. Yeah. Um, Friday, we've got the. So there's only one game each each day this yeah, week. Short, the short round. Short and round. So Friday, we've got the Rabbits uh, versus the Cowboys. Um, the Rabbits, Blake Taft named at fullback to replace uh, Latrell Mitchell. 
Braden Burns comes into the centres for Dane Gagai. Benji Marshall to start at nine for Damian Cook. Harme Sele retains his spot in the starting 13. Uh, Peter Mamazoulis named on the bench. And Josh Mansour on the extended bench. So he could be a late inclusion. Uh, for the Cowboys, Dejan Arzi named at fullback for Val Holmes. Connolly Lemuelli uh, returns yeah. in the centres for um, the Hammer. Not this Hammer, the L- Little, little Hammer. hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Little Mol- Tack Mol- Yeah. Um, rather than Thor's Hammer. Uh, yeah. No changes to the forward pack or interchange bench. I, I just see the Rabbits being, even with their outside, uh, I mean, they've still got uh, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. Yeah, that, that's um, they're Alex Johnson on strong. that left edge. Uh, Rabbits 13 plus. Yeah, you've taken the best out of the Cowboys as well. Yeah. It's easily 13 plus the Rabbits, I think, there. Uh, Saturday, Bulldogs versus Roosters. Bulldogs, Aaron Shoop, Doopa Doop, returns from his COVID isolation and back into the centres. Scarecrow uh, <laughs> hangs on to his spot, hangs on to his spot, I like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. 5 <laughs> 8. Sione Katoa back at hooker for the suspended Jeremy Marshall King. Dylan Narpa named on the bench after his COVID isolation. For the Roosters, Joey Manu back to fullback. Billy Smith in the centres for his first game since 2019. Yeah. Uh, it's a long time between drinks there. Um, Matt Ikevalu back on the wing. Drew Hutchison replaces Lachlan Lamb at six. Uh, Lamb back to the bench. Victor Radley returns from suspension straight in for Angus Crichton. Um, Omaha, Nebraska's Fletcher Baker. <laughs> Available. All-American Fletcher Baker. Unavailable due to COVID isolation. Yeah, he, he's picked up... Um, he's been a close contact to somebody in the eastern suburbs, so... I was going to say, he tried to he tried to get back home to Nebraska, to the Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, look, I think I think it's going to be a big Roosters win here as well. The, the, the Bulldogs just can't take a trick at the moment. They're trying hard, but they just... Unfortunately, they're just severely, they're just massively lacking in talent. Yeah. Um, Roosters 13 plus for me as well. I, I just, I have, yeah, again, uh, the Bulldogs for me are like the, the Raiders. I have no faith in them. Uh, their halves are rubbish. Um, or that one half is rubbish. And I'll tell you what, gee, that was a hard watch last week. Watching that game and his dad was commentating. Oh, it's, it's painful, hey. And, you know, whenever anyone else makes mistakes when he commentates, he says things, but he, he didn't pick up his son on any mistake in that 66-point loss. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of dicks, um, he used to coach them. Uh, Sunday, we've got our, our, the Sharks playing our Warriors, hosting our Warriors. Again, no, no crowds will be at these games in Sydney. Uh, Connor Tracy's been named to partner Sean Johnson in the halves with the injury to Matt Moylan. Uh, he's really impressed me this year, Connor Tracy. He's, he's you know, he's been playing on the wing and playing in the centers and been, he's been filling a hole for the Sharks and been doing it really well. Um, gl- gra- glad to see him get his opportunity in his preferred position in the halves. And Teague Wilton's named in the second row with um, CSC, uh, CSC for Talakai moved back to the bench. Uh, Rob spoke of it before, but for the Warriors, Reese Walsh back at fullback, RTS to the wing, forcing um, the baby deer to the extended bench. Uh, Barry named at centre, pushing Adam Pompey to the extended bench. Cody back from injury, replacing the injured Tad- Chad Townsend. Uh, Matt Lodge named to make his club debut. Um, Ellie Katoa named, although he looked to have picked up an injury last week. Zero mm-hmm. into 13, moving big uh, Benny Murdoch Masilla back to the bench. And Jazz replacing the injured um, Tohu Harris at lock. 
Uh, mate, for me, I think the Warriors are going to bounce back from that loss last week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a big win, but I think we'll get them by between 1 to 12. I hate to say it. It's going to be <laughs> a very, very nervous four-point win. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be, it's going to be hard. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard yeah. win. And, and the other thing that we've, um, we'll be facing is uh, uh, Sean Johnson buoyed by the, um, the signing back to the club. He played great on the weekend for the, for the Sharks in that Broncos game. He was involved in everything, coming back to some, into some good form. So If he's ever going to have a big game this year, it's going to be against us. Exactly. To prove, you know, I'm the guy that um, you need... You need at the club, so you need yeah. me. Yeah, we've got another game on Wednesday, haven't we? State yes, of Origin three, which has been uh, moved to uh, McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle. I'm not sure about the capacity requirements or capacity limits. Yeah, I sorry, that I they don't have. think it's going to be a full house. I don't think no. they can allow that. It's going to be. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so for Queensland, Ponga named at fullback. Holmes moving to the wing. Uh, the little hammer uh, to make his origin debut in the centres. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, see how he handles that defensively, marking up against Tommy Turbo. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Capewell moved to his customary second row position. I applaud that move. It's he's much better in the second row there. Ben Hunt to start at nine. Uh, Tino moved to the bench. AJ Brimson on the bench at 14. Much much better looking Queensland team, I think. I agree. Uh, yeah. I think by bringing the little hammer in, I think it gives them some much needed speed in their yeah. yeah, in their centers. Um, which I, I would think and, and with Ben Hunt kicking, I'll expect a much better kicking game from from the Queenslanders. Yeah, and more of a running game from Dummy Half as well. McCull- yep. McCulloch is, is solid, but he's quite dour. There in yeah, that, in that and, and Ponga. Ponga's, you yeah. know. And we saw what he can do in yeah. his return after, um, last week against the uh, Cowboys. So Absolutely. Yeah, much better looking team. But, and, you know, New South Wales obviously have the injury concerns. Lost both halves. Cleary and Luai out injured. Mitch Moses and Jack White, another new halves pairing. Um, Daniel Saifidi is also out injured. Payne Haas into the front row. Dale Finucane, uh named on the bench. Well-deserved for him. Um and Appy Coruscant, uh, the man we spoke about earlier, the dart out of dummy half, uh, is named to make his origin debut in the number 14 jersey. Uh, obviously, losing both halves is not ideal, but uh, that is still a very strong team. The only thing I would question is that Whiten is, is quite out of form. Um, bringing him into an origin, you know, remains to be seen whether he... He, his game goes up another gear or he continues to struggle, but he has proven that he can. He is a big match player and has played well in origin before. Look, for me, the biggest out is the Cyborg. Um, yeah. With Cyborg not playing, um, because in origin, you want your heart, your, your halves are only good if they're coming behind a forward pack that's moving Just forward. forward. Yeah. Uh, but Nathan Cleary's proven that he can play behind a forward pack that's being matched as well. And he's done it at Penrith and he's, he's done it in origin. Um, Mitch Moses is the type of player that if if the forwards aren't, aren't doing their job and they're not getting the, the ascendancy uh, in the field position to play the ball, etc., he goes missing. And I think that's going to be the biggest uh, thing that New South Wales are going to have to overcome. 
Um, I think on paper they look like a strong side, but I think the inclusion of Ponga and the inclusion of Ben Hunt gives the Queenslanders a little bit more stability in their spine uh, with DCE and Munster there. And so as much as I am a Queensland fan, I think uh, uh, Blues Yeah, fan, uh, uh, Freudian I slip. I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think Queensland will get this one. Uh, and again, it's, it's very hard to win a, a whitewashed series. I think there's only ever been four whitewashed series wins in the history of Origin. Yeah, there, there hasn't been many. And even through Queensland's golden run, they only got one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I can see Queensland bouncing back and playing for a little bit of pride uh, and, and getting the win in this, in this game. Yeah, look, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my heart, and I'm gonna say Queensland by one again. <laughs> I, I think it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough contest. Uh, that that Blues team is unreal, even with the with the halves out. Like the the potency of that back line, yeah, uh, would strike fear into the heart of any. Look, it's gonna lineup. it's gonna depend on how often Turbo gets his hands on the ball and in what field position he does. Yeah, yeah, be exactly. Because at the moment he's playing like he's got spiders on him and no one can touch him. And um, yeah, he's, the, but the the little the little hammer's going to have to summon all the powers of the uh, of the elements. I I um I uh I, I like I I think picking hammer is a great move because they they need to pick a center. But for Origin, I probably would have gone with a Justin Ollum. Um. Is he, is he eligible? <laughs> well, I think he is. I think he's eligible to play because he's a tier two. Um, but, but did he? But did he live in Queensland before his thirteenth birthday? Oh, that no, that's going to be the real yeah, thing. I, I don't know that he did because he came through the PNG Hunters. He did too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's eligible. All right. Well, then scrap that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 the hammer has. He's got good pace, and you know, if he gets in the clear, he's going to be hard to ch- hard to run down, but defensively is where it's gonna gonna be a problem because we've seen a defensive center like um Dane Gagai and, and a defensive player like Kirk Capel yeah, not exactly both handle, great defenders yeah, yeah not able to handle Latrell Mitchell and, and Turbo so it's a bit it's a big ask but you know it could be the making of the man. Um <laughs> I'm definitely not a Queensland supporter. <laughs> I, I, I actually no I I refrain refrain that. I'm a Queensland supporter for the women because I have personal contacts with um, uh, a couple of the girls that play for the Queensland side and no, none of my personal contacts that are eligible for New South Wales have been picked for the last two years. So it's mm. been an easy, uh, yeah. But Queen, the men's, I know Reese Walsh has uh, got picked for origin, but that doesn't matter. Um, I'm, I'm a blues man when it comes to the men's rugby league. So we're both picking Queensland for that. That's good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Queensland based on my heart. That's, um, yeah, it'll be a tough game. Chambers, one job, tackle. Yeah, Chambers could get the job done. Yeah. But I think they're looking to the future. And yeah, exa- exactly. Cham- Chambers is, what, about 33 now? So, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't bring him in just for a dead rubber. It's a perfect opportunity to play someone like the little hammer. So Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we'll head on. Uh, so games that have got coming up for the for our mighty Warriors. Uh, we've got this week, Net Strata Stadium versus the Sharks. Again, no crowds. Um, then we've got Round 18, uh, Central Coast Stadium versus the Panthers. At this stage, crowds, but 
the New South Wales government will make a call on that next mm. Friday. So I would probably advise people not to purchase. Hold off on buying stage. tickets. Yes. Uh, round 19, Sunshine Coast Stadiums. All you, all you Queenslanders, get up there yep. to watch the Warriors at Sun, Sunshine Coast. You can get uh, tickets for that. Maybe um, reach out to Pricey. Stevie wants to go to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, round 20, we've got the uh, Mike Doreen Cups, leg two of the Mike Doreen Cup at uh, Bankwest Stadium versus the Tigers. Ho- hoping, <laughs> hoping that our uh, borders, are, uh, our restrictions are eased. Hopefully. And we can go to that because I know uh, Rob's coming down for the uh, for the Mike Doreen Cup that weekend. Can't, uh, can't miss the Mike Doreen Cup. We got yeah. one hand. Here is the Mike Doreen Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got one hand on <laughs> some Warriors and and Tigers streamers yeah. uh, <laughs> on it. So someone's going to get that, uh, whether it be Juan or, or myself yeah. on, <laughs> on the day uh, at Bankwest Stadium. We're going to look stupid doing a. Trophy presentation at Bankwest Stadium in the grandstand. Um, yeah, oh, well, you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I have uh, all, all things going well. I'll be down for that game and, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Do we have a four point or a six point deferential four. lead? Four, is it? Four. We've yeah. got one hand on the trophy with four points. So, a win will seal it. Uh, and, or if and we lose by less than four. four what if it's yeah. level? What if it's <laughs> level? Do we well, go back? <laughs> Who knows? Is it good? We can say, sorry, guys, you got to go back out and play Golden Point. This is for the Mike Doreen Cup. Yeah. Someone's got to play uh, rock, paper, scissors with uh, Ken Mamalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, round 21, uh, we've got the Sharks again, Central Coast Stadium. Uh, round 22 is the Mount Smart game uh, versus the Bulldogs, the game that the Warriors are taking home to New Zealand. We're still hoping that that goes ahead for you guys back in New Zealand. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully. Getting uh, the Warriors to fly out. And, up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, round 23, Suncorp Stadium versus Broncos. Looking forward to this one. Ruin Hammer will be hosting a supporters get-together at the Lord Alfred Hotel again on the Sunday before the game. That's a, Yeah, get keen. That's a four o'clock kickoff for the game. So we'll do a probably a midday uh, event at the Lord Alfred and then walk across to Suncorp Stadium. Yep. Um, so yeah, right, hopefully get a few guys uh, along to that. Some of our yeah, we'll try and get um, yeah. we'll definitely get um, Tukes along to that one. Uh, yep. uh, try and get Campo there as well. Um, Michael Whitt, uh, Clinton Torpy. We're going to try and get all those yep. boys up there. Uh, round twenty-four, uh, Central Coast Stadium versus the uh, Millies Raiders, uh, which is going to be the final home game of the season for the Warriors. A chance for all the um, Central Coast and Sydney-based uh, supporters to come and farewell Roger in his last club game at home. Um, and then round 25, uh, Seabus Super Stadium versus Gold Coast Titans, which will be RTS's final season, uh, regular season gl- club game for the Warriors. Uh, we will both be all- there. We'll be organising another supporters get-together for that game also. Um, yeah, that's going to be a... Uh, an interesting day that one. Where, uh, there's also going to be an opportunity for us to go and watch the newly formed Gold Coast Titans women's team play, which is going to be uh, home for many of our uh, Warriors women this season. Now that the Warriors don't have a side, yeah, the girls. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to be the curtain raiser to that game. So they're our adopted team in the competition they are. this year. The yeah. Gold Coast are our adopted team in the women women's comp this year. So um, we're looking forward to to uh, go and watch them play. Um, 
as always, if we get to games, uh, come up and see myself or Rob. Uh, Poster's always available at the game. So if you see us there, uh, come and say g'day and grab a poster. Yep, absolutely. Um, and if you miss any of our live chats, uh, you can always catch up on the Facebook page in the video section um, or uh, we upload them to YouTube uh, yep. or you can catch the uh, audio version on our podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Radio Direct and now on iHeartRadio as well. Um, and also don't forget to follow us on Instagram uh, where we post multiple posts on Instagram every day. Um, love everyone's interactions with us on through Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, we always um, love that. Keep the comments coming. Um, love your interactions the in the live going. show, especially as well. Yes. Um, yeah, so next week, uh, our show will be on Thursday, not Wednesday. Special time of Thursday, uh, State of Origin. Yeah, due to Origin. Uh, no live uh, chat next week with um, players past or present. Uh, got a couple of them coming up soon. Um, once we have them locked in for dates, we'll uh, create the events and let everyone know. Um, aside from that, um, there may be an opportunity to catch us live on Sunday. Uh, we're just going to work out some logistics yep. around that. Um, yeah, we're looking to do a uh, live... Uh, what is it? A live commentary. Well, a it's live kind of a reaction. Live, it's kind of a live um, watch party. So yeah. we're going to have uh, myself and Juan here in Sydney. Um, we're going to have Rob up there in Queensland. We've got a couple of um, our regular watchers that we've a couple got. Of a, guys that we're going to get involved in, get involved in it as well. They'll join us via Zoom, and then it'll be uh, all of us watching the footy uh, with a. Um, with the sound down, of course, so that we don't breach any copyright Sorry, laws. Sorry, don't get uh, pinged, yeah. Um, with our own version of commentary and uh, and game day banter. Um, so don't, which, don't miss that. Uh, yeah. Something that could be could be a goer moving forward. So we'll see how we go on Sunday, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, everyone, uh, stay safe. Uh, if you're in uh, Sydney, are you guys still locked down in... Uh, no, Greenland? no, we're, we're out of lockdown uh, for okay. now. <laughs> Who knows when we'll be back, but... Um, yeah, for now we're all sweet. Beautiful. Um, okay, well, you stay yeah, safe you, up there, mate. We will do. You do. Everyone so. in Sydney, stay safe. Um, please observe uh, the exactly. lockdown. Exactly. Wear your masks up yep. here. Make sure, definitely make sure you guys are wearing your masks as well. Do, Let, do the right thing. Let's do everything right so that we can get back to these games, uh, yep. live crowds, um, and get our interstate travel happening again. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, but thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh if you can join us on Sunday, tune in. Uh, if not, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you next Thursday night uh, for a special episode. Um, and then the following week on the Tuesday, we've got our um, 50th episode of Ruin Hammer where we're going to open up the, the show to you guys. So it'll be just Rob and I uh, answering and responding to all your questions. Uh, your, your questions can be anything uh Warriors related, rugby league related, uh, food or shape related, yeah, food or <laughs> color <shape> related. Uh, <laughs> how we, whether we leave the toilet seat up or down, uh, whether we fold or scrunch. Um, do we like stuff? Yeah, do we like stuff? We like stuff. Do you like stuff? Uh, yeah, we're just going to make it a fun night of um, of banter, uh, where you can kind of get us away from our our footy mode and our our strict. Our scripted uh, stuff and um, a few less rants, maybe as well. <laughs> yeah, 
but um, that'll be a bit of fun on the Tuesday going into the Wednesday show uh, as per usual. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us and um, thanks, have a great guys. weekend. And we'll see you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Cheers. Cheers thanks a lot.